0: Spooky season is crashing down like a big purple rock. Listen to them, children of the night, what music they make. I'm gonna get you,
1: Bobo. You need to get free! You feel guilty. We are guilty. Hey, Hey,
0: everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Terror in Podnito. uh, We're getting, well, this is the last episode we're recording for September, so everything here on out is going to be 100% October, 100% of the time. As always, I'm Palmer. I'm joined by my two compatriots, compadres, friends, horror fanatics, and well-dressed, great-looking people, Alex and Sam my pajamas. <laughs> the best pair of pajamas I've ever seen in my life. I'm pretty sure I'm 400 years old now. <laughs> You're not allowed to be 400 years old, dude. Are you not sure? Yet. I think not that yet. was that many years in September. Um.
2: No, not yet, bro. Okay. Just wait.
0: <laughs> give Give it some more time.
2: <laughs> I don't want to be Dr- one of those fans that like, dress yeah. you away. but Exactly. Bro, brother, You're going to have like say your- so.
0: When your crow's feet become full on like crow's legs, then you know you're old, right? <laughs> like that's, that's when it's all over at that point. That is, I guess, <laughs> I don't know. crow's feet fetish is a thing. I don't know. <laughs> Damn yep. sexy. Feet if I go on legs. Pornhub and type in crow's feet, is it going to bring up a whole bunch of different videos of people just like, of just like people just shutting their eyes. Just, just be squinting. there. I found yeah. a bunch of porn on YouTube last night. Unexpectedly. Really? Oh, really? I didn't watch any of it. I was looking mm. for a very... No, no, I was I was at my sister's place. I was looking for a very specific video because I introduced her to fight porn. And oh. she's been she's been hooked on that subreddit ever since I introduced her to it. Uh-huh. And there was one video of... It was a dubbed fight uh, uh-huh. from, like, the Caribbean. It was a slap fight between two kids where, like, this one kid gets slapped and, like, in retaliation, <laughs> like, puts his hand straight up in the air. I'm sure you've yeah. seen it at some point. And I didn't know what it was called, so I probably didn't use, like, the best search terms. Um,
2: what did you, what did you Google like, or what did you search? There black was like porn?
0: Black <laughs> kid slaps or black slaps something. I don't oh, know. I'm sure, I'm sure that brought up good. all the best It was good, best but thing. when I clicked on uh, um, videos, uh, a bunch of YouTube porn results came up, which surprised hmm. me because I didn't think there was porn on YouTube. Uh well I mean I think I think <laughs> anything can sneak past the sensors on YouTube these yes. days. Yeah, that's true. Uh,
2: are there videos? <laughs> yes,
0: then there's porn. <laughs>
2: <laughs> can there be porn, then there will be porn.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean if if, if well I don't, what was it what's that statement like like porn fuels technology? We wouldn't have as many technological advancements if it weren't for porn. The cloud literally would not exist. Yeah, right. We wouldn't have virtual reality. We wouldn't have, like, all this crap that we're, like, gearing towards if it wasn't for pornography. Uh, Those are...
2: You can tell that's why people's phone screens got bigger. Is once people just start watching porn.
0: <laughs> once people oh, have the iPhones. bandwidth to be able to do it. Yeah. Uh, so with, with spooky season coming up and the fact that uh, we may or may not be forced to be indoors for Halloween this year. I thought one way that Mm. people could spend the uh, Hallow's Eve, maintain their sanity and keep some sort of overall sense of spook uh, would be to do a movie marathon uh, on Halloween. So I was thinking maybe we could throw out some suggestions for a trio of films for people to watch, to check out Uh, at least throw out our favorites that bring up the Halloween vibes, I guess. Uh, for me, yeah. for me, easy because I watch these movies every year for Halloween. One of them's a given, Trick or Treat. Yep, got to do it. Second one, mm-hmm. Reanimator. Yep, I don't know why, but that movie is just like the epitome of mm-hmm. Halloween to me. It's got mad science, gore. <laughs> I don't know stuff rising from the dead. Uh, it's it's goofy. <laughs> I don't know. That's it's on that list. And then the third one. The third one's yep. a little bit out of left field, but I watch it every year also, uh mainly because it was on Netflix for so long, and I don't know if it still is uh but I eventually just purchased it on Amazon, the innkeepers, yeah, so that's my slow burn. That's how I usually start things off and then I jump into uh mm-hmm. and just jump into the other two, kind of dependent on what I want, you know, do I wanna feel? The, uh, the hard-hitting Halloween vibes, then I go with Trick or Treat. Otherwise, if I want something goofy, mm-hmm. I go with Reanimator. Uh, that's usually my, my go-to horror movie marathon on Halloween. What about you guys?
2: All right. So I also have mm-hmm. a Ty West film on mine. I like to go with nice, House nice. of You, you do devil. very
0: much enjoy that movie, though.
2: I do. It's not really Halloween-themed, but movie. I just think it's, it's a sorry, great my movie. My marathon I is not like...
0: at all Halloween-themed.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, the other two are have mm-hmm. Halloween in them. So my, the other one I really like to watch is go. House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, and then obviously the
0: original oh, Halloween uh, right, movie. Right. What are you, Sam? You can't just say, "Oh, they're not Halloween themed." To them, uh, just... mine are super <laughs> predictable, but it's like the perfect trilogy for me. It's corny. Yeah, it on on YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's I, it's really hard for me to like sit down and watch any like marathon like horror movie marathon without scream being involved and usually what ends Mm. up happening is i end up doing like Mm. scream i know what you did last summer and urban legend all back to back just because it works for me um but, Disgusting. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I love
2: it. I think that sounds amazing. But I will. Can I come I over always, and six. I always six
0: tend six feet to do uh, Halloween H two O on Halloween because that's where the franchise mm. should have ended. Until mm. they said, "Fuck it, we're getting rid of all of this shit and starting from scratch." And
2: that kind of fits in with like it the theme really does because, because it's like the same too, people,
0: so. all the same people. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. I think all those are good suggestions. Guys, we want to hear your thoughts. If you had to choose a uh, three film marathon for your Halloween goodness, because you're on lockdown and you don't want to lose your 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 overall Halloween vibes, we want to know what those three films are. Write in, cast a Terra and Podnito. Shoot us messages on all the social medias. Let's see what your thoughts are. We're excited to hear them. Uh, moving on, Entertainment Weekly put out an article. Uh, there's a little a little movie that came out not too recently called Tenet. Why are why are we talking about Ten? It's a, a sci-fi little, film. Little why? The f- yeah, it's just a, a little, tiny little, little movie Christopher Tenet. Nolan movie called Ten. Yeah. Uh, why are we talking about this sci-fi film on on uh, our podcast? Well, it's it's for a reason, um, and it has ripple effects throughout the industry. It's not doing well. No, this movie was being touted as as the film that would send people back to theaters, and uh, it's not sending anybody back to theaters. <laughs> It's it's not sending anybody (laughs) back to theaters. Apparently, the movie has uh, grossed just under $30 million domestically. Um, (laughs) It is being, according to Entertainment Weekly, it is uh, widely viewed as a disappointing total, even with all the requisite caveats factored in. Those caveats being uh, everybody downplaying what it was going to make because of COVID. But this was supposed to be like the saving grace. This was supposed to be the thing that was going to open in theaters and it was going to get butts into seats. And uh, movie companies were basically saying, all right, we're going to watch this. This is going to be a slow burn. We're not expecting it to to garner a whole ton of money on opening weekend. This is just going to be something we leave in theaters for a while and it'll make its money back. But uh, it's facing the same standard drops that every single movie gets when it gets released. Um, It's just astronomically more. Because of the fact that it never really had a a peak to begin with. One that was acceptable, at least. Uh, The interesting thing is this movie is doing much better worldwide. It's 200 million, uh, I believe, worldwide, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I saw. Um, Do you think it's because it's, like, COVID's more under control? elsewhere in the world compared to here probably
1: like other countries probably. are
0: comfortable i mean uh, I, yeah, I am probably. surprised that you know our cases are still climbing uh, mm. i read i read today actually that new york saw a, th- uh, a seven day average of a thousand daily cases for the first time since like june um, Wow. so you know it's it's mm. not going anywhere it's still sticking around um, so I, I am curious that you know in the places where movie theaters are open, and granted that's kind of a limiting factor by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the in the places and states where theaters are open, I am surprised, legitimately surprised that you know people haven't gone back as a method of some sort of normalcy. Oh, you mean gone back to theaters? Yeah. Uh, like, I'm not going to, but I'm also not, like, advocating to open everything up. Right. I would imagine that the people that are, like, I don't think they're even going to movie theaters. And that's the part that I find confusing.
1: Hmm.
2: Well, people weren't really going to the movies anyways.
0: Even before COVID?
2: Even before, really. I mean, some people were, but not everyone goes to the movies. And I feel like people want to go to bars. They've already been isolated enough, What they want to do is go to bars and restaurants. I
0: don't think yeah. any of these are
2: as high on the list as those other things. I
0: feel like so you, we it. collectively went to a restaurant. My my wife and I, um along with, with uh her mom and our son, collectively went to a restaurant for the first time literally since since all this began. It's a weird experience, right? Um it was an interesting one. I, I kind of I compare it to the experience of when we collectively went out to the bar together, just just the three of us. Yeah, it just feels. It weird. was. Yeah, it was one of those things. It was like refreshing to see other people out there. So, like, we went to um, this place, Grapevine, which is right by our house. Yeah, uh, and um, that place is having no problems whatsoever. They had a live band going. Every single cha- table outside in their d- out- outdoor dining area was. Was full. Uh, they had the restaurant inside, I think it was every other table um allowed seating, and so they mm-hmm. were at max capacity on the inside, too. They had a line forming outside for people waiting <clears> to get in. I mean, like you know, they were all socially distanced, everybody was kind of staying in, uh, in their pot of people, but away from everybody else that they didn't know. Um, and it was nice, it was nice to see a sort of sense of normalcy with everything, but it was also weird. Like you're, you're looking at all this and you're just like, cause people are taking, you know, people take off their masks, and, but they put them back on every time they get back up, up from their tables and stuff. So for you get this like snapshot of, of things being the way they were before this hit. And then all of a sudden somebody gets up from their table and puts their mask back on. And you're just like, Oh yeah, we're in, we're in a <laughs> pandemic. Uh, and so it was interesting to kind of see all that, but i don't know that i want to like do that a whole bunch you know so like there's yeah. there's plenty of stuff that's happening um uh, on my schedule obviously that i can't stop uh for instance you know i've got my my brother in law's wedding coming up and that one's got me i'm a little more nervous about that because of the fact that they um her you know they all know each other they're all friends with one another they're they've already popped those social circles you know like they're they all those individual bubbles they've already all like you know hung out with each other without masks on and stuff but i don't know any of those people uh and i haven't interacted with any of them and so i feel like i'm probably going to be like the one like in the corner with the mask on being like stay the hell away from me (laughs) enjoy your wedding
2: the wedding uh like a couple months yeah. from, i guess like a month ago and that's what ben that's what ben and i did it was it was outdoors but we definitely were like in the corner being the weird
0: yeah. ones with masks yeah, yeah. On. well i mean you know, this one's outdoors <laughs> too so it's just i don't think yeah. we'd, we'd attend if it was an indoor one i, um, I don't think i would either it's but, funny
2: because people keep telling you like you know you can take your mask off and you're like i'm sorry what
0: yeah, yeah right like i don't want no, I'm, thank I'm, you. I'm good thanks thanks i'm good thanks um, <laughs> But inside, in a room where you're going to be in there with a whole bunch of people that you don't know for upwards of two hours, you know, for the standard run, an hour and a half to two hours for the standard run for a film. Uh, for Christopher Nolan movies, it's yeah, like three that's probably like three. On, yeah, be- it's like even yeah. with so their masks, a long one, isn't it? Isn't I Tenet's don't know. A longer movie? Probably. Um, But I think this is going to be the thing that makes this is going to be the release that makes theater or uh, movie companies be like, yeah, we're, we're canceling everything. Anything that we even had a possibility for releasing in theaters. I mean, between this, New Mutants did bad, but that also could have been factored in because of the fact that it was that movie received. wasn't gonna do good. Yeah. there was no chance for that movie to ever do well in the first place. Um, so it's 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 a bizarre one to see something like this get released, a Nolan film get released, even his war movie. Like, though it didn't do that well, like it no, did. Dunkirk, it, I thought did really well. It did really well in a, awards wise. Uh, wasn't
2: it nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah, 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 yeah and did, like, it,
0: everybody, I think everybody I know that saw it said it was amazing. I think. Mm-hmm. For a Christopher Nolan movie, it wasn't his most seen movie. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it was no yeah. like Batman, right? <laughs> like those movies were making stupid yeah. money. Yeah, but that's also because they're superhero movies. Like, yeah, that's, that's like true. the peak of superhero movies. And so that's true. part of the fallout of this is, you know, uh, the new Wonder Woman movie got pushed to like sometime in December instead of next year. They're still trying to get yeah. it out this year. That's the kind of movie that I feel like if that movie can't put asses in seats in theaters, theaters are dead. Because if you yeah. put out a superhero movie, I don't think anybody gives a shit what it is. They're going to go see it. Like, if it's a Marvel franchise movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're going to see it. Or if it's a DC franchise movie, they're going to see it. If that doesn't get people back in theaters, I don't think they, like most theaters are just going to shut down. I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting, because I stumbled across something recently. So uh, Alamo Draft House is starting to do this this bizarre thing, and it, it sounds exorbitant when you first hear hear about it. But they're experimenting with this idea that people can rent out the entire theater. It's one hundred and fifty. It's one hundred and fifty bucks. Huh. To, so yeah. rent the That's it? to rent the theater, one hundred and fifty bucks. Is there a limit to how many people? Uh, you have to you have to bring at least ten, and then on t- and then on top okay. of that, there's a hundred and fifty deposit for concessions. Okay, but obviously all that deposit okay. goes towards whatever it is that you're gonna get at the concessions, anyways, right? So it's three hundred bucks in total. Yeah, but uh, if you think about it, if you bring fifteen people, that's basically the cost of a movie ticket plus whatever you were gonna buy at the concession stand, Honestly, anyways, right? People. It's cheaper. Yeah, I think it is a little cheaper. Like but you I, can do more. I don't know that. I don't know or, like, regularly talk to at least, like, a lot of people. I'm pretty sure I could get 20 friends and family that all know each other, like, same mm-hmm. social circle to begin Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Like they're not that concerned about being around each other. I could get 20 of us into mm-hmm. a theater. Yeah.
2: Well, and even if people were somewhat concerned, I mean, if with 15 people, there's enough space in a movie theater you to the sit in your own pod, You know the hardest part that we'd experience with this, though?
0: Getting 20 people to agree on a fucking movie What's to watch. That? Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like it's like, I'm buying the movie.
0: <laughs> you gotta come with. It up. Yeah, This is my idea. All I'm doing is inviting I'm,
2: yeah. you. I'm planning this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm planning this. Yeah. so this I, But I, I read that. So I guess they're experimenting with it now. And it's already... So they, they sent okay. out a bunch of... They had like a a time frame during which people could reserve it, and it sold out uh, pretty much immediately. Yeah, I think that's um, a great idea. So I don't know mm-hmm. what that means. I don't know if that means it's something they're gonna adapt uh, readily across the board from here on out, or or what. But but the way it works is it's, you can I think you could pick from thirty films, and there were a couple of new releases. I think New Mutants was on there. I don't think mm-hmm. Tenet was on there. Um, but they also had a whole bunch of of older films. That you could check out as well, and so they were saying mm-hmm. saying what their idea was was to cycle through the older films. I think that'd be um, cool. there's a handful it, of movies a- that, like, even in the last five to ten years, that mm-hmm. I never got a chance to see in theaters that would have been really cool. But like, I know they yeah. also get their hands on like Jaws. I would love right. to see Jaws on the big screen. Yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff I'd love to see on the big screen, right? Like not not even like horror movie related, just like classics that I've. Yeah. I just loved. I'd love to watch like stuff like Back to the Future on the mm. big screen, <laughs> like, you know? Like there's so <laughs> much stuff out there that, that I think would be great to watch out on a on a massive screen, especially if they they can do it, you know, where it's like one of those like oh you're you're looking at 4K type of thing and and you get the the whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shabam, the kitten caboodle with everything, you know, uprise and sound and. I um think so. I think that's a genius idea. I think I think we need to start seeing theaters start adapting those kinds of things. um You know, because you see, I keep reading stories about the success of drive-ins and the rebirth of the drive-in mm-hmm. movie theater and all these films that are getting put out on VOD, but are also getting um, drive-in theater releases as well. I think you got to do stuff like this. Say, "Hey, all right, we'll we'll allow this film to be part of your your um theater rental package as well and then let people go see these things cuz you're going to have people that are fans that really want to see uh for Halloween, Halloween, I think drive-ins are are um being allowed to air the first one, the third one and the fourth one as a marathon." uh at drive in theaters Uh, so like you know stuff like that you hear about these crazy packages of films that you're just like kelly that actually sounds like a blast i'd go see see these movies back to back right i think theaters need to start adapting this i think they need to start looking at some of these these typical releases that wouldn't necessarily be picked up by them typically right like something about like the movie like we're going to cover tonight color out of space what if they were just like hey Mandy, color out of space, double feature, bam, come see dude, it, dude. If they if they were saying that yeah. that was happening tonight, and I found out about that thirty minutes ago, I'd have told <laughs> both of you to fuck yourselves and handle the podcast without me. <laughs> I'm sorry, you think
2: you would like to see that without us? We'd have a delay on
0: the episode release. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But uh it's 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 I don't know it's an interesting thing I think we're going to start seeing uh, more and more theater companies start to adapt because they they aren't going to have a choice. If tenant can't save the box office and I guess the final the final test is going to be Wonder Woman in December if they go through with that if that mm-hmm. can't save it right. you're either putting your final nail in the coffin or you're you're figuring out ways to to adapt. I, I think. mean, part of me wonders though, if it's still too early for them to say that about tenant because like percentage wise, what would you think the number of movie theaters nationwide are actually open? I would have expected. Yeah. 40%. I don't even know about that. Well, I mean like the ones, the, so what bow ties only open on the weekends. That's one, the one nearby us, uh, I don't know that Regal has opened in short I don't pump. Think, I don't think short pump's open yet. I don't think Regal has opened in short pump. Um, so yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe there is like a limited amount of theaters, and then you're looking at maybe, maybe, maybe twenty percent of those theaters are getting getting ticket sales on this movie. So yeah, like part of me wonders if it's too early to make any sort of snap judgments. I think it's a dumb decision to try to release movies right now in theaters. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Um, so I mean, I don't know. I do like the idea of like kind of that forced evolution or adaptation. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta adapt one way or another. That's the only way that people are gonna, or companies will survive through this. I'm not 100% sure that this is like Christopher Nolan or Tenet's fault or if it's, you know, just. Oh, it's not. It's not. Because I'm I'm sure the movie's fucking great. Like it, it looks like a Christopher Nolan movie. It looks like. Hit a new version of Inception where none of it's going to make sense. Right. Um, so I'm sure the movie's great. It's just a really bad time to put a movie in theaters. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I do. Um, we'll see what what happens with all that as things go on. But I'm definitely going to be keeping my eyes peeled uh, on these kinds of things because it's 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 very telling as w- in terms of where we are as like a society and economy and what we are and aren't willing to do. And I think you're right, Alex. I think you're onto something mm-hmm. when you say if people are going to go out, they want to go to a bar or they want to get a meal. I think that's yeah. the priority. Yeah. Yes, Everything absolutely, else, hands down. I guess falls to the wayside at this point. Dude, I am actually kind of heartbroken that sweet, sweet Sydney bistro. Was a victim to COVID because? Oh, they shut you... down.
1: <gasps> no. Yeah, I thought they did. No. Did they? No.
0: What?
2: <laughs> no. What about that? No,
0: West they're shower? still open. Probably not. Oh, are they? <laughs> yeah, they are, they are Hell, open because yeah. they're they were showing. Uh, I I looked up New Mutants <laughs> show times. They were they oh, were that's right. on there. <laughs> they're well, playing
2: Tenant tomorrow at. Or and
0: six forty-five. You want still if you're in the Richmond also. area and you want to socially distance yourself. Uh, when there was no COVID, we were in the theater by ourselves whenever we saw movies there. So I guarantee you, <laughs> you're definitely going to be in the theater by yourself this time. If you,
2: they're playing The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah,
0: see, that's what I'm saying. Like they're playing older movies that like will get butts and seats. Yeah. Like I would love to see Empire Strikes Back. And the Land I. I'd, I'd, well, <laughs> if Atticus was a little older, I might consider taking Atticus to go see playing before time in theaters. That'd be fun.
2: Oh my God. When his mom dies and he crawls up into that little leaf. (laughs) All
0: right. What else we got on the intro or the bands for the day? Just super quick. Jeff reached out to me and he, of course he reached out to me because you're not on the Facebooks anymore. Uh, uh, asking whether or not we were ever going to talk about this show, 50 States of Fright, which is apparently an anthology on Quibi. Um, I don't know jack shit about Quibi, other than it's like all short-form videos. And they I know like, that they brought Reno 911 back to life, and I appreciate them for that. Oh, I didn't know that. Nice. Good on them. Yeah. Um, Thank Because Reno 911 was great. I also yeah. know that they like ran out of money almost instantly. Um, yeah, they're hurting launched. real bad. Yeah, um, but Jeff wanted to know if we've talked about it, which we haven't, because I don't think we've. I think this is the first time we've ever even mentioned Quibi. Um, neither one of you use it do you no do you know anybody that uses it or has used it or seen anything on this because everything's locked uh locked behind their app wall and i don't feel like downloading it on my phone to like watch a trailer. yeah i've seen commercials commercials, i see ads whenever i use snapchat um but that's really about it i don't know a whole lot about what they've got aside
2: how much I is think it? it's like
0: seven or eight bucks a month. I don't really know. I haven't looked into it too much. I just know there was like commercials for it constantly when they first were getting ready to launch. Um, but yeah. this is an interesting anthology because it uh, it came out, I guess, back in April-ish, sometime around there. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Raimi mm-hmm. did three episodes. Jacob Motz did a couple of episodes. Brian Neto did a couple of episodes. Um, and I know that's kind of par for the course with them is like when they launched, they had they did kind of like an apple plus or apple tv or whatever the hell it's mm-hmm. called thing dude I'm, um, I'm sitting on a free year of apple tv plus yeah that, and um, i still haven't touched it <laughs> we we've we use it to watch the morning show and that was it like i haven't opened it since um, i am interested in watching that new show that they have about about the football co- the the gridiron football coach that goes and starts. have really, yeah I've, I've heard it's really funny, funny. um but no, like this is the kind of the same thing where like all of their launch stuff, they pulled a bunch of big names and they spent a lot of money to get those big names to come. So I'm curious uh, for any of our listeners, um, Jeff, I guess you're excluded because this was your question. Yeah. Um, but uh, let us know if Quibi is something that we should be keeping more of an eye on, because uh, honestly, I'm just waiting for it to go belly up. <laughs> okay just like movie theaters fair enough yeah <laughs> everything's right? going the way of the dinosaur and the dodo bird today yeah yeah that'd be another thing let us know what your thoughts on quibi are if you are subscribing to it and if it's something that's just that you think is going to be a flash in the pan or or has some staying power um before we jump into uh the horror headlines i want to let you guys know up front we are just taking october by the throat and shoving events down
1: its gullet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, just because we're quarantined doesn't mean we can't have a good time in October. We've got a ton of shit in the works. Um, it all kicks off with our very first live stream. I'm excited. We've talked about this uh, for quite some time on and off about doing some games, about about playing some games and stuff for a live stream. We're doing our very first one on October 3rd. Uh, it's going to be live on Twitch starting at 8.30 p.m. We're going to be playing Don't Get Stabbed. It's a card game created by Jordan, a friend of the cast. Um, we actually had him on a few months back. We talked in depth about the creative process behind the game. So dig on back through the episodes and check it out. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. The Twitch channel is just Terror and Pognito, like everything else, because uh, we're the only ones that ever use that name. we so and creative. We're not we're not popular enough for anybody to try to snipe it (laughs) (laughs) yeah check it out it'll be awesome like i said 8 30 october 3rd we're gonna be live we're gonna be playing don't get stabbed we're gonna be answering questions gonna be kind of just shooting the shit and uh hopefully having a good time if there's technical hiccups it'll be our first one uh i think we're trying to do this maybe once a month from here on out um depending on our schedules uh, but we've got some other stuff we were looking at playing, maybe Among Us in November, and doing some other stuff as well. So we'll see where it goes. We're excited to have our first one. Following up with that, October 5th, we're going to have William Simmons, author, journalist, and editor on the cast. He's going to be uh, interviewed by Sam. Sam's currently powering through his book, uh, Season of the Dead, which is on Shadow House Press. It's a compilation of a whole bunch of classic horror shorts, um, released just in time for fall. And just it's cool winds to make you want to curl up in a little blanket and get all nice and toasty and do some reading. Alex, Uh, Alex, the very first story in this isn't a story, but a poem. It is a poem. Oh, it's a poem. poem. (laughs) And the entire time I read it just standing there. With my arm outstretched, imagining that I'm staring,
2: pretending like you're holding a skull, the
0: invisible skull in my hand out into the endless sea. Mm-hmm. Because I know power. That's perfect. Because I know
2: power. Yeah, I guess maybe it'd be holding a dead a, raven. A raven. Skull. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
2: no, I'm more imagining the raven is perched on your arm.
0: There you go. Okay. There you go. Just feathers yeah. rustling all everywhere. Just bird shit dribbling down your shoulder. It'll be <laughs> great. <laughs> oh, look at fucking regal, bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> October 12th, we've got some plans with Dark Coast. We're going to be checking out their upcoming release, The Sweet Taste of Souls. That'll just be a regular episode, but we're excited to talk about the film. Um, October 17th, we are going to be at Rick's Rock cafe here in richmond virginia checking out a costume contest a concert and a comedy show all hosted by our friends over at geek wellness education the event starts at 8 p.m and tickets are only 10 bucks look this money is actually going to a really good cause it's all for mental health uh and just bringing awareness to the to the issues that plague us all especially um during quarantine. I mean, everybody's lonely. There's a lot more depression. It's a good time to chip in if you've if you have a few extra bucks to spare and know that it's going to a good cause. I, I read another thing today that said, like, working from home or quarantine and social distancing, not only is it just like the effects on your psyche, but it's also, yeah, like you said, depression, but it's also making everybody fat. And it's mm-hmm. fucking up your heart and lungs, mm-hmm. and it just keeps getting worse. Everything's getting worse. Yeah, <laughs> everything. Everything's awful. What, you know, it's not getting worse. This event, this event's actually just getting better uh, because we keep adding. Well, we don't keep adding, but we yeah, keep getting not notified. Yeah, we have nothing to do with this. The organization of this um but we keep getting notified about more and more goodies that are getting piled on here. They just booked a, co- a comedian. Um but like I said this costume contest is ready to go. You don't have to do anything to enter. Just come in with your costume on. Yeah, just show up, just show up with your costume on. Uh it, there will be some prizes at the end of that. Um bring a mask though if you're not planning on showing up in costume with a, you know, integrate a mask into your costume some way somehow cuz that'll make things a lot cooler. Uh in terms of of All that, but if you're not planning on showing up in costume, make sure you do bring a mask. It is going to be socially distanced. Um, There is a limit on the amount of people that will be allowed to come, Um, but otherwise, it's going to be fun drinking awesome music featuring First Jason, a band fronted by Ari Lehman, the OG Jason Voorhees. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, And we're actually in the middle of a contest ourselves giving away tickets. All you have to do to get a pair of those tickets is to tweet at us, shoot us a message on Facebook, shoot us a message on Instagram, uh, email us. All you got to do is just tell us your favorite Friday the 13th kill. That's it. Everybody who enters mm. will be in the raffle for a drawing. We will announce those uh, on our on the episode that that airs before the contest. It'll be fun. Um, we've also, also got some other goodies in the works. We're not quite ready to announce anything yet because they are still in the works. But look for them on social media. They're going to be a lot of fun. Um, so if you're looking forward to speak, spooky season, keep it tuned to Terror and Podito. You guys ready to talk about some horror headlines? Yeah. Let's think go. Think finally got Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Horror headlines. All right. Horror headlines. Kicking things off. Beyond Fest is bringing uh, Freaky, Arch Enemy, and Possessor, and St. Maud to a whole bunch of drive-ins this October. So we were talking about this shit kind of in, in already, about how these drive-in theaters are getting these awesome fucking movies. This right here is where it's at. I already want to see Possessor so damn bad it hurts. Right? And we just found out Freaky is actually going to be R-rated. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm fucking in. I'm fucking in. This is going to be a blast. Uh, Beyond Fest announced that uh, it's got a whole slate of stuff coming throughout the rest of 2020. But starting Friday, October 2nd and continuing on through Thursday, October 8th, it is uh, basically going to be showing all these films plus more. Uh, the Wolf of Snow Hollow, The Burbs, uh, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. I mean... I'd love to see Tucker and Dale versus evil on the big screen. I don't know about you guys. Right. Um, but all this is, sure. is to generate funds for uh, the nonprofit, a nonprofit that's going towards a whole bunch of good things. Um, basically, this is an opportunity for fans of horror to get their butts in their cars and get to their, their local drive through their drive-in theater and go see some awesome movies. St. Maude looked dope. I don't think it got an official release right. They kept delaying it. Yeah, if I remember right. Yeah. So finally it's getting some sort of release. Uh Rob Reiner's Misery. I mean, dude, it's it's crazy. It's crazy what they're putting on this. But possessor, Possessor and Saint Maud seem to be uh the two big ones that I'm I'm excited about. I know I'm gonna be keeping our eye my eyes peeled on um whether or not Goochland <laughs> is gonna be showing these. Because if they are Yeah,
2: that'd be awesome.
0: You know yeah. I'm gonna be there. So here's a question for you that somebody posed to me the other day and I don't mm-hmm. actually know. Is there a way in your car? Because I know I've not gone to and Drive in myself, at least um and I know my car has daytime running lights. Mm-hmm. Um and I know that mm-hmm. if I like turn the car on and then turn it off, as long as I don't open the doors, the radio will stay on for like ten ish minutes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it cuts mm-hmm. off. So I have to like turn the car back on and the lights come on. Is there, do you guys ever run into that issue? Or have you seen that issue at the drive in where like people's headlights just like randomly come on? Yeah, people, people, uh, I mean, it happens pretty frequently. Yeah. It's never really that big of a deal. As long as your high beams aren't what's coming on, it doesn't really affect anything. Okay. Um, people yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah. I don't really care. I, uh, oh, apparently Goochland is selling tickets in advance now. Oh, word? Yeah, they're doing Rocky Horror and Little Shop of Horrors. That'd be Uh, fun. For Halloween? No. I like Little Shop of Horrors. This is for...
2: They're laying movies to watch at a drive-in.
0: I'm trying to see if they've got anything about what's coming up. I want to see if they've got... No, this is the highest, highest they've got it. Damn it. Yeah, I was trying to see if they Nothing. were going to be showing Possessor because uh, <laughs> I'm trying to buy that fucking ticket and <laughs> to see that fucking movie, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, that's a bummer. I, I guarantee that place is probably just like throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks in terms of scheduling for, for those kinds of movies. Yeah. Um, but keep your eyes peeled. Check out your local drive-in theaters and see if they're showing any of these films and participating in Beyond Fest. It looks like it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, next up, we've got some movie news. Um, like I said, Freaky has been rated R for strong, bloody violence. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about this. This is, uh, Christopher Landon's new one. Um, he did happy death day and happy death day to you. Uh, we talked about this a bit on the last, the last episode that we did. And, uh, it looks like it's going to be a little bit more fun. In terms of like just kind of rehashing things, tropes, movie tropes that people are all familiar with and make putting a horror spin on them. This one's a play on Freaky Friday, uh, a girl, a high school girl in high school and a serial killer switch bodies because of some bizarre <laughs> occult ritual. It's no, stars- a girl in high school and Vince Vaughn. Yeah, <laughs> it's Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton. Right. Uh, <laughs> And uh, we commented when we watched the trailer for this on the last episode that uh, it looked like it had the potential to be a little bit more edgy than his last couple of works. And apparently our guts were correct on that. Um, I wonder how much of that was Vince Vaughn, where he was like, have you seen the last two movies I was in? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I'm not stepping down that far. It's interesting. It's interesting considering, you know, it, all the nonsense that's happened and all the drama that's happened with with Sinestate uh, and the fact that he seems to have gotten away from that unscathed, <laughs> yeah. Cause he, especially since he is like known as like publicly as a diehard Trump supporter and all this other stuff like,
1: yeah, it's uh,
0: well, I don't know about diehard Trump supporter, but but very, no, he just doesn't apparently. like the political correctness that's found within most of Hollywood. Oh, okay. Is and that so, what it so, is? Because I thought I read that he was like pretty and really likes, Republican. And he's
2: a gun he's a gun. Yeah, guy I'm not, too. like
0: don't get me wrong. He's 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 pretty Republican. Um I don't I don't know if he is a diehard Trump supporter or not. Um I know he's like defended some of the things that Trump has said. I know he's also kind of spoken out against some of it and also mm-hmm. uh, so I mean I I think Vince Vaughn's probably just like the nicest person that was involved in any way with CineState. So maybe that's why he got out on skate. <laughs> they were like, look, you're passable. You're <laughs> fine. <laughs> you didn't actually do anything terrible to anybody. You were just in some movies that, that a shitty company made. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I guess you get off scot-free for that one, but yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if something all of a sudden emerged about him. Um, yeah, not that Probably I'm saying right. there will be or anything. I'm not trying to slander the man's character, but, you know, I'm just saying it wouldn't be. Well,
1: I heard him <laughs> <just
0: kidding. laughs> Moving on to some video game news. We had some uh, huge drops in news over the past month or so. We got both the new Xbox and the new PlayStation announced. Um, we don't normally cover a whole lot of console stuff, but with the upcoming Resident Evil game, the, the potential, oh, a, a new Five Nights at Freddy's was announced. Was actually the trailer for it was with the announcement trailer for uh the PlayStation Five, so I guess Friday Five Nights at Freddy's is fucking mainstream now. Yeah, it's a it's a launch title on this console. Um,
2: well, they they went
0: they they got a lot of I guess mainstream credit. I don't really know um because of their mobile app, right. uh, that was really big among a lot of like YouTube streamers. Mhm well mm. uh, <laughs> I know that 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 franchise is apparently being used to move consoles now, so um That's so weird. (laughs) It is. It is really weird to think about. Uh, The PlayStation 5 is going to be released on November 12th for North America, Japan, and parts of Europe and Asia. It will be launching worldwide on November 19th. For prices, it's starting its base unit at $499 USD and $399 for just the digital version. Basically, the difference between the two is uh, one has a disk drive, one doesn't. So if you care about your physical games, go with the higher price. If you're just planning on buying everything digitally and downloading, go with the lower price. There doesn't seem to be too much of a difference aside from the disk drive. Um, there, um, There's a whole bunch of other stuff that's been announced with it. Demon's Souls, I'm really excited about that. I don't know that I'm excited enough to buy this on day one because of Demon's Souls, but I'm excited about it. Um, the Xbox is basically doing the exact same thing, except the difference is uh, that their lower tier of console is actually a little less powerful as well. It won't do true 4K and some other things. Um, but Xbox recently purchased Bethesda. Yeah, yeah. so fuck everybody else, right? Yeah, I don't. I just I don't know what to feel for about seven that. and a half billion dollars, which is which more. Is so I read crazy. to put that in context. That is double what Disney paid for Star Wars. Yeah.
2: Oh my god. Yeah,
0: that's so much money. <laughs> that's a that's a loot, and they're saying they want to buy more, like. I don't know. So what What does that mean? It means everything is going to be on Game Pass from Bethesda day and date. Like, that's actually huge to the point where I was talking to Sam and another friend of ours, uh, well, a couple other friends of ours, and being like, I guess I'm going to buy the, the Xbox Game Pass because it really is the Netflix of fucking video games at this it's, point. I've I've used it a couple of times. It's fucking great. It's just right there on your taskbar and you click it. So, and problem solved. So how does it work? Do you have to stream? You can download these games, right? Like, but you just can't access them unless your subscription is active. Is that how it works? Yeah. That's okay. It. That's all it is. Okay. That's interesting. I think, I, I guess I'm going to have to do it. I guess I'm going to have to sign up. And they and have a really good intro thing where it's like a dollar a month for the first three months or some shit. It's It's not expensive. It's pretty cheap from what I remember. Yeah. I actually, got, I think I got like three months when I signed up for Spotify. Yeah. Uh, Check it out. It's pretty. I cool. haven't I haven't cool. entered the code yet, so I guess I'm gonna have to to do that and see what it's all about. Either way, it's a new generation of console wars. New generation of horror games. Here's to hoping that somewhere out there, Dead Island Two exists, <laughs> and that we will finally be able to play it after 12 years. And Dying Light Two finally. And to Dying Light Two. Yeah, that's another one. Silent Hill finally comes back. I'm gonna keep I'm not gonna hold my breath on that one. No, I mean (laughs) I'm not gonna hold my breath on that one. Uh moving on, mainly because of the fact that Alex seems to be just like, you know, dying slowly inside. Uh
2: no, I'm happy that you guys are
0: happy. (laughs) One well, not completely moving on. One last quick thing in terms of video games. Doom sixty four is getting a physical release. Uh, this is this is a goofy one. Um, it's getting a, basically what looks like a N64 cartridge physical release of the game on switch, um, which looks fucking dope. And I might actually check this out. I've been playing doom 64 a lot on PC and it's a good game. (laughs) This is such a weird thing. It is such a weird thing. Um, Pre-orders have already, well, I guess, yeah, they've already started. They started yesterday. Um, It is hyper-limited, hyper-limited for these things. Um, Forever Physical is part of limited run games, and they do these in incredibly small batches. So if you're at all interested in this, you absolutely need to go do this now. Um, Apparently, it's it's PS4 and Switch. Those are the only two that are coming out. It'll be fun. Um, how much does the Switch game usually cost? Because I know PlayStation games are still what sixty bucks. Yeah, Switch games are just as much. Okay, so this is fifty-five dollars. So not bad, not a bad. Yeah, if you want that, if you want that cartridge, if you want want to collect a little piece of history, it's got a reversible poster, uh, a booklet with developer interviews, a whole bunch of other stuff. Seems fun. It's not as cool as owning the actual Doom sixty four cartridge, but. It's a good substitute, I guess. If you're interested, go check it out. It seems like fun. Um, it'll also probably be on Game Pass very shortly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Moving on to streaming news. This one, this one, I'm not really sure how to feel about this one yet. I'm, I'm, I've got my fingers crossed that this will end up being good, but this trailer left me a little bit on the fence. Um, Hulu has been talking about adapting books of blood clive barker's famous anthology series short story collection uh whatever you want to call it um into a television series apparently that is no longer happening it is going to be a movie now um and the movie is coming out october 7th and uh entertainment weekly presented the first official trailer and I don't know. I don't know. I watched it. I've seen it a couple of times now. Um, I'm confused about a couple of things. One, there are a, a shitload of fucking short stories in here, some of which are balls-to-the-wall insanity. Um, and for some reason, Hulu went with one that's already been done, which which baffles yeah. me a little bit. But... it. it i don't know maybe their take on it will be better um but it's 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 one of those things where i would have liked to have seen them take three things we've never seen adapted on screen and make it into something really special once again i'm i'm already kind of upset that this isn't what was going to be i was expecting this the series uh, I was expecting something along the lines of creep show where we were gonna get maybe six six episodes that were gonna be really good and then if it did well, they were gonna bring it back next year. And this this the possibility me a bit... that they do that going forward is just a movie anthology instead. And I, I you know what I'd be I I could yeah. eat my words and be fine with that. If they turn around and say, Hey, Books of Blood did really well for us, Books of Blood 2 is coming next year. I'd actually be pretty content with that too, because it still gives them an opportunity to do a whole bunch of stuff that we haven't seen adapted to the screen yet. Yeah. Um, but this one, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. Did you guys watch the trailer? What are, your, what are your thoughts?
2: I did. I saw a comment that said it kind of looked like a Lifetime movie, and I was <laughs> getting that
0: vibe also. <laughs> I feel like that's a little harsh. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was quite <laughs> as bad as like a Lifetime film.
2: Um, Lifetime movies have actually gotten pretty good
0: in oh, the last they? little oh, it's while. Been a, but it had a, it's been it had a, a long time since I've seen one. Uh, <laughs> so I don't I They're not I don't know. so
2: corny anymore. Are but...
0: you sure it's not just because you're a mom now yeah. and your tastes have changed? Yeah. You, just pump, you just pump a baby no. out and immediately I, start liking Lifetime films. Those <laughs> Lifetime murder
2: mysteries <laughs> are good.
0: I just feel, uh, I mean, you know what? It is what it is. I, I, I'm excited. To see what happens with it, I hope it it's not just a standalone thing. Um, but I will say that I love the fucking poster.
2: Yeah, yes, it's so good. Dope. And
0: that poster is dope. So the the poster is uh, of a of a man's head tilted backwards, and as his as his fa- I guess past the ear, it turns into it's, a book. Yeah. Um, and it's it's creepy and and bold and gets the. It's the point across that this is something that's going to be a little more sinister than than maybe your your traditional stuff. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens with it. I, I imagine this will probably be what like an hour and a half runtime each one, about a half hour. Thereabouts um, would be my guess. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be yeah. my guess too. So, like I said, October seventh, that's coming out. If you got Hulu, I finally have Hulu now. Yeah, bro. <laughs> No, I didn't have it for the longest time. I share I share Hulu an account Live. now. Hulu Live, I use it all the time. I don't have Hulu Live. It's part of like their Disney Plus thing. So I have Disney Plus and Hulu uh through through a family member now. See that that's my biggest issue is all of these different streaming sites and like cable services and whatnot all have these like weird collaborative packages. Mm-hmm. But we're so like we have Hulu Live, so because of that, we finally got rid of cable. Mm-hmm. Um But we also have, like, Disney Plus. We still have HBO Max or HBO Now, whatever the hell it's called. Real Uh, quick, real quick. We had talked about the Mulan thing. Did uh, Mary convince you to pre-purchase Mulan? has. she has not purchased it yet, that I know of. Good. (laughs) Keep fighting the good fight. Not yet. She mentioned mentioned it the other day, and I was just like, no, we don't need to do that. It's okay.
2: What were we guys talking about? Mulan, what? I don't remember
0: this. So so Disney Plus is experimenting with this thing. It was a like thirty-five dollars, uh, right? $29.99. You okay. can watch Mulan before it it is released to everybody on Disney Plus in December. Okay. Uh, so you basically okay. pay an extra fee to watch it early, and then on top of that, uh-huh. you don't keep the movie. It only stay it's it, right. it it's only gone. stays with you for as long as you have the subscription. So if you stop okay. subscribing to Disney Plus, then you no longer have access to this movie that you just paid thirty dollars for. Yeah, gone thirty dollars uh-huh. seems shitty. for a live action retread, yeah. which I'm sure from the reviews that I read are is not particularly good to begin with. Yeah, apparently it's very pro-China. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, anyway, Stranger Things. Yeah, Stranger Things. That's the next thing that we're talking about. Netflix is targeting a uh, September 28th start date for filming again. Uh, as as you may remember back when COVID first broke out, um, a whole bunch of shows, not just Stranger Things, a whole shitload of shows were uh, delayed. <laughs> people were like, hey, we're not going to do any of this anymore, regardless oh, of what stages. Fucking canceled. Yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. What Did you see, by the way, Netflix canceled uh, 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 Dark Crystal? No, I didn't. I missed yeah. that. Yeah, oh, no, that I was didn't it. see that. One season, apparently, no for that show. There's a Netflix. bunch of, like, Hulu canceled yeah. a couple of shows, not at all horror-related, but after one season, and a lot of it mm. was tied to the same thing. Yeah, apparently uh, Netflix is the new sci-fi. I think uh, I think everybody's the new sci-fi right yes. now. I think everybody's just like, <laughs> we don't know when the fuck our production schedules are ever going to open back up. So it's been good knowing you. Thanks for working with us. Yeah. Take care. It's been fun. <laughs> um, So they're, they're targeting Monday, September 28th to resume shooting for its fourth season in Georgia. As we've kind of talked about before, when they first started shooting this season, uh, if this is this is going to be their darkest one yet, according to everybody, but we heard of that about last season, and I didn't see a whole lot of a difference. So um, the last couple of episodes no. took a darkish turn. It would have taken a darker turn if they would have stuck to really. killing what's his name, but apparently they've already said that he's coming back. So, yeah, uh, that's
2: true. Right. <laughs> I didn't really like the last season. I thought it was to be better honest.
0: than the second season.
2: The second season? Yeah, but not, it just pales in comparison to the yeah, first season. Yeah, that I first think. season
0: was like the perfect culmination of of nostalgia and good yep. writing and character development. Do you mm-hmm. think the yep. writing's changed or do you think the nostalgia factor is wearing off?
2: I think it's more, I feel like it's more, I don't know, commercialized is the right word, or more like Hollywood now. It used to feel small and kind of intimate and... I feel like now it's just a yeah. temple show. Um,
0: yeah, that's, I think you're right in that regard, but I also think a lot of it does have to do with with they don't know what direction to go with in some of with some mm-hmm. of these characters. Um, and I think that's well,
2: they're supposed to be in yeah, high school. Now, right? I think
0: I think they're still struggling with trying to be able to capture like that Sandlot feel, you know, like of a whole bunch of like kids like getting together and and shooting the shit and having a good time back in a time period when we can't. You know that that we all idolize in our brains, dude. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just now, waiting to see when 1992 happens. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but now, like they're getting older, they're trying to figure out what you know. These they're trying to figure out kind of how to um, balance emotion and character development in the same. on on the same like little teetering ledge and and can't quite do it with everybody some of them are better written than others um but i i feel Mm. like that's kind of where they're missing the mark um at least it was for me over the past couple of seasons but at least at least they made steve compelling again in the last season, I think we can all agree on that because all of us were just talking about Steve memes as soon as as, soon yeah. as we got through the season. <laughs> yeah, Steve is the best. Uh,
2: He's just another yeah, four. True. Okay, leave him
0: alone. Um, so, <laughs> shooting, fingers crossed, will begin on uh, September 28th, which is this Monday. And hopefully, we'll see it sometime in early 2021 because I can't imagine they have a whole lot left to do. Right? Because it's got to be, like, what they were halfway through, they'll probably have... I guarantee you they're going to rush through it now. Well, not rush through it, but try to make sure it's done faster now so they don't have to expose everybody. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Georgia, so the faster you do it and get the fuck out of there, the safer you are. Yeah.
2: Right? I feel like... Yeah, is um, probably one of the places I would So I guarantee you
0: it's going to be, like, a quick in and out in terms of shooting, and we're probably looking at, at a couple of months of post-production and, and marketing after that. and I imagine we'll probably see this early spring. That's my guess. Mm.
2: Um, it seems it weird does, it to come out in the spring.
0: But, I mean, you know, Netflix has got to... I think it's at the point now where every single content produ- production company is like, we've got to get our... Like you said, tent poles out, yeah, and keep people watching, keep people yeah. glued in seats. Um, I don't know if Netflix or Hulu or Amazon really. A, I mean, the same it'd be way.
2: better for it to come out. Yeah, well, it's better for it to come out in the spring than wait a whole year for it to come out in September,
0: October. Yeah, I mean, if you have to wait another full twelve months for Stranger Things, like people are just gonna give up on that franchise completely. Well, I think you know Netflix hit a whole shitload of blowback when they when they released Cuties. Um, yeah, that's true. It was a ton and they lost a shitload of subscriptions because of it. So I guarantee you, they want to get this out the door and I'm say, okay, hey, many you remember Strangers actually lost. I still think some of that was definitely overblown. I do too. I mean, I, I watched a trailer for Cuties the other day, uh, finally, because it was like on my recommended Netflix queue. Yeah. Um, it just seems like a coming of age story to me, but I don't. I haven't seen it. I don't know what's actually. People were taken aback by like the hyper-sexualization of these kids dancing. But like, so my niece was a dancer, like went to like dance competitions around the country. And now she does cheer and stuff. It's really not that different. Like what I saw in the trailer is really not that different from what I saw my niece do. And don't get me wrong. The two like dance contest things whatever they're called competitions that's the word the uh-huh. two competitions of hers that I went to to see like yes I was wildly uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> so, like not gonna lie wildly uncomfortable yeah but it looked like a good representation of what it's actually like from the trailer yeah and like so I said don't, like, I, I don't know and dance like dance moms everybody has seen that shit and has heard stories about, about it like dance
2: moms are or- child beauty yeah, pageants like, or even Little Miss Sunshine yeah. for fuck's sake. your sakes. fucking high
0: horses, people. Yeah, I, I, once again, I, yeah. I haven't seen it, so I can't say one thing or another. Um, but when I watched the trailer, it seemed just like a coming-of-age story. Yeah. I, I, don't yeah, know I, know know. I don't know what the hell it was about, but no, apparently there was, there was a lot of, of backlash. Because um, People gotta find a reason to get upset. They're bored. They're stuck at home. They can't scream in people's faces anymore well like i said i have no i have no um uh, bearing on this i like i haven't seen it so maybe there is something wrong with it but the trailer itself didn't immediately jump out to me as something Dream wrong
2: pedophilia to yes
0: you. yes it did not it did <laughs> not uh regardless it's not something that really interests me so i don't think i'll ever i don't think i ever will watch it but the trailer no look
2: but it was suggesting it to you on your Netflix movie. Yeah, suggest yeah.
0: it to everybody. Like any yeah, just, I of the Netflix movie. I feel like any of the oh, big wow. things that come out, Netflix always sticks it right at the top. Yeah. Um,
2: I haven't seen a preview. But that's before. interesting so that, they that they didn't they didn't
0: cave. Yeah, no. I mean it's still on there. Yeah. Um, fuck. Speaking of Netflix, haunting a blind manor. Got a trailer. Uh, with with we have Molly talked through. It- We've talked in depth about the haunting of Hill House, uh, about it being something that I couldn't finish, and this is pretty much the only thing that this director has ever released that I haven't really enjoyed. But you two collectively seem to have enjoyed this immensely. What is you? What are your thoughts? Are you guys excited for this? Are you guys ready for the haunting of Bly Manor?
2: Yeah.
0: All right, I'm Alex ready. seems super stoked.
2: I'm into it. If, what did you think 100%. of this trailer? I can't fucking wait.
0: Yeah. Take oh, out the fucking good. Motley Crew! Like what the fuck? <laughs> so, uh, have you guys seen Top tu- uh, Hot Tub Time Machine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Actually, like so this times. is the fucking song from that movie. And the whole time I was watching this trailer, yeah, it was the only thing I could think about, and it ruined it for me. So I, I've got
2: like I've, I've got to
0: <laughs> hold my judgment or like. Reserve my opinions on this until okay. it comes. Wait, wait, wait,
2: wait, wait! No, hold on one second. No, 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 no. Hold on. Just because of the song was on Hot Tub Time Machine. Now you don't I know don't, what to think about I it. I don't
0: think that was a good, choice, not, for was was a good choice for this. I don't think that was a good choice for the story. So,
2: so, you have no opinions I could on it not because get past them, a not song.
0: Hey, we've we've talked you several times to... on this cast about how music makes or breaks <laughs> something. Yeah. <laughs>
2: But it's fucking <laughs> It always Look, makes it. I always. will say
0: because this series doesn't seem to have anything to do with haunting of Hill house. Uh, it it seems not. to be another standalone thing. No. And because it's Mike Flanagan, I will check it out. I don't know that check I will finish it. it. Yes, <laughs> I will do exactly that, but I don't know if I will finish it. Um, All right. we'll see where I stand on it. It'll be interesting to kind of, to kind of go through it. Um, I know I'm in the minority on haunting of Hill house, but man, it just, yeah. I really, most people that
2: I know that have are. seen it, you it. really are. I, I honestly, I just, Ben and I just rewatched it. Like last, I don't know. We started it like a month mm-hmm. ago and I just finished
0: it like last week. It's so good. It seems I, to be the it's time for you to go back and sh- give it another shot Palmer. Maybe, maybe. uh, I'm just. I. I am at the point in my life where if a show is not as good as The Boys, that I'm <laughs> not interested. Well, see, that's the thing. I'm waiting on that too <laughs> oh, because God. I'm not gonna watch it one episode at a time. I want to binge the whole uh, fucking. Dude, nah, thing. I was so mad. I was so mad about not being able to binge it, but here I am watching it every fucking. No, week, literally I'm, Thursday I'm, I'm at eleven fifty nine. I am tuning in. <laughs> I'm. I'm holding out, so. I did the oh, same dude. thing for a
2: Great British Baking Show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's.
2: Uh, it came on yesterday, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'll watch it." I don't, it. <laughs> I don't
0: know, I don't know that there have been this the uh, the boys is a TV show that <laughs> is the first um, season was perfect. N- except, no, no, except the second, for... the second season is perfect so okay. far. <laughs> well, when it came out, I thought the first season was perfect. The only thing I didn't like was Huey wasn't British or yeah, Irish well, at this, po- at this point, man, that I'm, I really am uh, beginning to believe that the show is transcending the comic. Okay. I, I just, I don't know how it can get any better. Like I thought, I thought two, two weeks ago that it was like the best episode yet. And then I watched, I watched the latest one that came out and I was like, God damn it. This is the best episode. yet! <laughs> uh-huh. uh, ending the horror headlines. We've got one last thing. This is actually fun. And uh, I did order this already because I do love this movie. Um, an American Werewolf in London is getting its first ever 4K Ultra HD release in a German set. Um, German company Turbine has basically said that John Landis' classic werewolf film, An American Werewolf of London, is uh, getting its debut in 4k ultra HD on November 6th. The company details that the film shines for the first time on 4k UHD with HDR, including a remastered Blu-ray. The sound has been restored and comes out of the speakers in 2.1 or 5.1 German and English. And is only um, limited. It's limited to 2,626 sets, uh, which is pretty, it's a, that's a pretty small run. That's a, oh God, dude! Yeah. I'm so so between this and the Friday the Thirteenth box set that I've got coming my way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So it's it, I will say to people that are listening to this and being like, "Well, this is a German set. Why the fuck are you going to buy it?" This is region free. It will play in any Blu-ray player. Mm. It does not matter at all. Period. Where your Blu-ray player is from, they have what confirmed. A they have confirmed that this is one hundred percent region free um this this set comes with a poster for the sla- the slaughtered lamb a whole fold out that includes artwork of just like the 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 decomposition of the main character over a period of time uh some coasters uh, a book basically mim- mimicking uh the the mirror the uk mirror man or monster about the werewolf Three disc collection of the film uh, and a whole bunch of other goodies. I mean, honestly, if you're if you're at all a fan of this movie, this seems to be probably the best release that it's ever had up until now. Um, I'm actually probably going to frame that slaughtered lamb poster and put it inside our new podcast room that's coming up. We're we're excited to debut it for our live stream on October third. I've been working hard on that thing. I'm excited. proud of you buddy that's awesome (laughs) i'm I'm excited for this podcast room it's gonna be great uh sam we got some now slang oh my god there's just so fucking much and nothing is in theaters don't believe your eyes don't believe anything it's all a mental construct all right well uh As (laughs) As, wow, wow. <laughs> as Sam's brain slowly deteriorates more and more into into mental illness, dude. I well, realize I've left my house twice in the last ten days. <laughs> like yeah, like, my, my house. I mean, like done more than just drive over to Alex's to check the check on the cat. Who, by the way, I think even he realized that I'm like on the verge of a mental breakdown because he wouldn't let me leave your house and kept trying to cuddle, dude. <laughs> He's like, yeah, he's we, like need to, soul. we need to get you out. <laughs> yeah. When we, uh, well, we have the don't get stabbed live stream. That'll be fun. Yeah, we'll, all, we'll all get it's together and drink. I just need to see people in person. Yeah. Yeah. And, then you then, all and look then... like you all look so great through the screen. <laughs> Are you touching the screen? <laughs> I'm touching the screen right now. I'm high <laughs> fiving everybody right, right now. All right. Well, let's let's all unite cool. in Sam's Yay. mental illness here with some now sling. All right. So first off, we've got 10 minutes to midnight, which I'm pretty sure we've talked about before, but it got a limited theatrical release on the 17th and it's coming to uh, it's getting a virtual cinema release in October. I don't really know what that means. I haven't heard that term before. Uh, before it gets a full VOD release in December. Oh, so that's that's been another interesting thing. We haven't really talked about it, but a couple of companies have been like you buy a virtual ticket and then they have the show times listed on their site and you enter the code from the virtual ticket, which allows you to access the time. See, why not just do that? That makes so much sense. I think that's a brilliant change. Uh, but anyway, this movie is the one with the radio DJ who gets bitten by a bat during her last graveyard shift broadcast. Uh, I'm specifically mentioning this movie for two reasons. One, Caroline Williams is the actress who plays the DJ in this film, which marks her return to radio after playing a DJ in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Um, and Ooh. sadly, this is one of the last films. That's what she's, I knew I recognized that yeah. name. I was just like, damn. All right, continue. Uh, and this is one of the last films that uh, actor Nicholas Tucci did. He was in The Ranger and Your Next Um because he passed away in March this year after a battle with cancer. Uh, Shortcut oh. gets a limited release in theaters on the 25th with the Damn, VOD treatment. Damn, did treat- you of cancer? Yeah. Fuck me. You was uh, young, man. Yeah, he was. Um, but Shortcut comes out on the 25th in th- uh, limited theaters and gets the VOD treatment right before Christmas. In this Italian horror fantasy, a group of five teenagers trapped inside their school bus after the invasion on the road of a mysterious creature, it's nighttime, they're alone in the middle of a desert road, time runs out, and every passing minute decreases their survival chances against the constant threats of that unknown entity. Antebellum, one we've talked about plenty before, uh, you know, it was going to come out in theaters <laughs> and then got pushed back, then it got canceled, they were like, no, we're going to put it in theaters, it's not going to see VOD, it's going to go to theaters. Well, they said fuck it when Lionsgate said we want the money. Uh, And let's get something out of this. Uh, So that one hit VOD September 18th. I have not had a chance to watch it yet, but it is in my queue. Uh, This one's got Janelle. Amazon has been relentlessly pushing this one. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have. Yes. Uh, But Janelle Monae plays an author who finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality and must uncover the mind bending mystery before it's too late. Uh, those are the ones that are already out coming up in the next week on Shudder on October 1st. There's scare me where two strangers tell scary stories over the course of a power outage in this atypical horror anthology movie. The more committed Fred and Fanny are to their stories, the more they come to life in the dark of the Catskills cabin that they're in the horrors of reality manifest when Fred confronts his ultimate fear, uh, that Fanny's better at storytelling than he is. And if that's your ultimate fear, uh, that's fucking weird.
2: Um, <laughs> movie that we watched for Western Week back in the day where there were two dudes around yep. the campfire telling oh, stories.
0: Oh, oh.
2: And that one guy was so much better at telling yeah, stories sure than the other one. Is. What the fuck was that movie? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's uh, exactly what this is. Once you've is. <laughs> watched
0: that, you can then venture back out into the world to see The Call in limited theaters and drive-ins on October 2nd. Uh, this one's set in the fall of 1987. A group of small-town friends must survive the night in the home of a sinister couple after a tragic accident occurs. Needing only to make a single phone call, the request seems horribly ordinary until they realize that this call could change their life or end it. Uh, it spirals <laughs> into terror as the worst nightmares become reality. I'm sure that's not who's the worst storyteller. Uh but this one's got Tobin Bell and Lin Shay, so we get to cross over the Insidious and Saw universes in this one, which I thought was uh, pretty interesting casting decisions. Uh, and then finally, in this crazy week, and I left out like 15 movies because uh, I'm trying to narrow this down these days. Um, on Netflix on October 2nd, you can watch Vampires vs. the Bronx, where three kids from rapidly gentrifying Bronx neighborhoods stumble upon a sinister plot to suck all of the life from their community. From my dick. What? <laughs> right? What? said that? that? So, yeah, there's absolutely no shortage of new movies coming out, even if theaters have gone the way of the dinosaurs. I...
2: That movie that I was talking about is Grim Fairy yes, Tales, by
0: the way. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> the movie is so good, dude.
2: With James Earl Jones in it.
0: Yeah. movie so good. So good. All right. It's time to talk about this week's main event. Yes, please. Are you guys ready? Yes, please. Sam, Sam I know you're. You, please control your boner. Please. Please. Oh, please man. get that off my screen. <laughs> Sam, Sam, please. Come on. Please. on. Please.
2: Please. <laughs> I'm glad he's actually doing it.
0: I almost broke my laptop there. <laughs> All right, we'll be back after this drop. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to tonight's main event. Right, and we're back we're back with a another movie a nicholas cage feature if you will uh vehicle this one <laughs> yes 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 Master yes uh, all of the above <laughs> um this one i know uh excites the loins of one sam uh co-host of of terror and a a a well-known it's, it's nicholas cage enveloped in my favorite color Cage. What do you what do you even call there's gotta be like a crazy name for cage fans, right? Like
2: oh like yeah cage sage?
0: (laughs) I don't know. I don't know.
2: (laughs) Rage cage.
0: Something along those lines. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Something along those lines. Either way, this this movie, uh well, it got announced what soon after Mandy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. And everybody yeah. was kind of comparing it because we got like all those like lingering slow mo shots and everything, which are really just existent in the in the credits, the initial credits of this film. The rest of this movie is nothing like Mandy whatsoever. <laughs> um. Well, so we were actually introduced to this movie while it was in production. Uh, yeah, because from uh, Jacob. Yeah, Jacob recommended it to us. He he, he he gave me the heads up on this uh, after we went and saw something at West Tower. Um, Uh, Get out! No, not get out. Was it get out? Us? Was it us? us? Yes, yes, us, us, us. us, Um, Yeah. So he he gave us the the lowdown on this, and I I went and looked it up. I was like, all right, H.P. Lovecraft, I can get on board with that. No, it wasn't us. It was uh, that Samara Weaving movie. uh, Ready or not? Yeah. Okay. Um, that's what it was. But yeah, he gave us a lowdown on this, and I, I was instantly hooked. It's like Nicolas Cage, say no more. Yeah, that's all it takes for you. Yeah, some, <laughs> that, that, that really is that, that, that terrible movie. Right? Where he was like the, the animal
2: an bounty
0: tracker, whatever the fuck. I don't even know. Um, I haven't watched it, but I would still watch it and probably defend Nicolas Cage on it because the man is crazy. He's like legitimately crazy, and he takes on all these fucking roles half the time just to pay for his like exorbitant fucking extravagant lifestyle of buying weird shit like castles and mm-hmm. rocks. And a stolen yes, dinosaur skeleton. Like he's a skeleton. weird guy. And you know what? He doesn't hurt anybody. Doesn't hurt anybody at all. So good on him. And every once in a while during the, the cage assaults that we are currently in um, he makes a really good fucking movie. And mm-hmm, this is one mm-hmm, of them. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, This film was directed by Richard Stanley, who is infamous for his uh, really awful Island of Dr. Moreau film. That was he was <laughs> fired from, and then another director took over, and his name was erased <laughs> from the release. So, I've read a few interviews Completely from him; dumb. still pretty bitter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can imagine. I would too. I would be I too. Dude. I
2: fucking bet. Yes, it made a movie in like ten years, yeah, or ten uh, plus uh, years.
0: Thirty. Like it. Yeah, it's a good uh, one. nine was it nineteen ninety. Nine Was Dr. Moreau okay? So 20, 20, okay. 20, 20 years, uh, yeah. Um, but he still maintains that he uh, never got to tell his side of the story, and I'm sure he hasn't. And I would love to see uh something like Vinegar Syndrome or uh you know Arrow Video or Scream Factory come out with a mm-hmm. definitive edition of The Island Dr. Moreau that finally has an interview <laughs> that tells Richard Stanley's side of the story because that would be you know what. I'm going to email him. I'm going to get his side of the story on this I would cast. love to see
2: that.
0: It's going to happen. Yeah.
2: we we'll see what happens. Spill the tea. We'll see
0: what happens. I said I'm going to, but I realized that it may not happen. So we'll see. Well, so there was a documentary. <laughs> there was a documentary in 2014 called Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> which actually premiered at Fright Fest in London uh, in August of 2014. Uh, and it covers his experiences while he conceived and developed the project as well as his time as director uh, hmm. and the aftermath of his departure and the effect it had on the cast crew and overall film. again, though, i'm not I'm not one hundred percent sure that we've ever actually heard like what
1: really went down. Well, uh, yeah.
0: I'm gonna see if we can set that right. I'm gonna see if we can get that actual story right here for you listeners on this podcast we'll see i'll keep y'all posted look look to the twitters for my rantings and ravings on whether or not Mm. this is successful uh but aside from (laughs) dr moreau this guy came out with a beautiful little movie back in 1990 called uh what hardwire Mm-hmm. Which is not to be confused with the Jamie Lee Curtis vehicle of "Virus," which came out in 1999. <laughs> which, for some reason, I always confuse those two films. Like, actually, always confuse those two films. <laughs> one of them is awful, and one of them is pretty good. His is pretty good. Virus almost destroyed Jamie Lee Curtis's career. <laughs> <laughs> career, <yeah. laughs> Not one so is good. not so good. No, one is not so good. Um, regardless. He's back with his first movie in a little over twenty years, Color Out of Space. And it's interesting how this one kind of stemmed into existence, how how it, how it was birthed into the world from his wife, apparently, who was a huge, huge Lovecraft. Mom. No dings from Alex. Womp womp. His mom. <laughs> yeah, specifically Lovecraftian right. right. <laughs> and it was his mom too. He read him as. Oh, a child. was it his mom? I thought it was his, his, his mom. Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, I think his mommy used yeah. when he was a kid, I'm which is an amazing idea. I'm fucking this idea. up left and right already.
0: I can't wait. <laughs> Sorry, uh, yes, yes, his mother, Penny Miller. That, that's right. Uh, mother. Mother. Um, HP Lovecraft. Huge fan. Read his works to him while he was young. Um, apparently, he read Color Out of Space when he was 12-ish, 13-ish. Yeah. And it is a short story that is available for free if you go to HPLovecraft.com. You just read it on the Is site, it? yeah. Yeah, no. you read yeah. it though, right? Did you finish it? I, uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, I did finish it, um, and it's ultimately so. As we go through the movie, there's not a lot of differences between the movie and the book. If you look at it from the perspective of like what's being covered, um, mm-hmm. the biggest differences are the point of view. So, the point of view in the HP Lovecraft short story is from the uh the surveyor the surveyor um, who goes and hears about what's happened to this family mostly from uh the the people around them um okay. it's already taken place um or it's already kind of in motion and he he's hearing about what happened through everybody that lived around and it touches on the same things you know uh the the fact that like the fruit and vegetables all grew really well and grew really fast um but we're all rotten um you know the the meteor shrinks away people go crazy all that stuff the names are a little bit different um but it's more or less the same number of people. There's a daughter in the movie and in the short story, it's three boys in the movie. It's two boys and a daughter. It doesn't really make that much of a difference. Um, I think the daughter's role in the movie is a little bit different uh, than the short story because um, she has a fascination with witchcraft and none of the kids in the short story do. Uh, none of that's in there. Okay. Um but the, the the general overall story is more or less the same, um, which is why this is actually praises as like one of the best and closest adaptations of Lovecraft to film ever made. Interesting. Um, the movie started off as a proof of concept back in 2013, and uh, I guess as early as 2015 it was initially announced. But things fell through, other issues arose, and I guess December 2018 when Nicolas Cage announced that he was 100% signing on is when this movie completely went forward. Um, he said he would be the lead role, and so as soon as that happened, the shooting began in early 2019, and uh, Spectre Vision Ace Pictures uh, basically backed up everybody. We got uh, Tommy Chong, Elliot Knight, a whole bunch of others that joined the cast. And the movie is as we see it these days. Um, The film is an interesting one. It's
1: part uh, young love
0: story, part um, pet cemetery, and part thing.
1: Uh, You could
0: could easily replace thing with... um, like the blob or invasion of the body snatchers. I could see the mm. body snatchers reference. Yeah. I, I would guess I could see the blob too. You're talking more of the remake, right? Like the, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Yeah. I could get on board with that. I, this movie is one of the first films that I've seen in a long time. And it's because of one element in particular that made me genuinely uncomfortable, uh, and I applaud it for that, and I really enjoyed it because of that. And I went back and I watched it a second time to see if that element still made me uncomfortable, and it did. <laughs> so, well done. Well done. There you go. Uh, guess my score by the end of this because because it's it's not it's going to be good. I'll give you that much because it's not very often. Something makes me, it gives me the heebie jeebies quite as much as this film did. Uh, we've got (laughs) Nicholas Cage as Nathan, uh, Jolie Richardson as Teresa, Madeline Arthur as Lavinia Gardner, uh, Elliot Knight as Ward Phillips, Tommy Chong as Ezra, Brendan Meyer as Benny Gardner, Julian Hilliard as Jack Gardner, uh, Josh Seeweller as Sheriff, uh, Pierce, and uh, this, I'm going to butcher this name, and I apologize in advance. I think it's Koryanka, uh Kilcher as Mayor Tuma. Um, this movie takes place in Arkham, tiny little town in the middle of, uh, what, northeast America, Massachusetts. It's
1: in yeah. Massachusetts, um,
0: yeah. It's, it serves as the <laughs> inspiration for Arkham Asylum and Batman. It serves as the... Uh, the general haunt for a lot of Lovecraftian stories, um, Arkham is an evil place. It's not good. Its roots are in witchcraft, its roots are in uh, a bunch of horrific things. And um, we're going to get a, just a taste of exactly what it means to live in Arkham over the course of this story. Uh, in the wake of his wife, Teresa's mastectomy, Nathan Gardner moves his family, including his child uh, or his children, Lavinia, Benny, and Jack, to uh, his late father's farm. So his his dad dies. He and he inherits this this farm, and he decides he's gonna he's gonna farm with alpacas. They're the animal of the future. <laughs> yes. Uh,
2: yep. He's gonna milk them. Grow he some wants tomatoes. to. He wants to
0: use them for meat, even though, as Lavinia points out at one point, that nobody eats alpacas. <laughs> uh, but she also maintains that McDonald's. She was it, McDonald's time. specifically was her favorite. Yeah. She thought McDonald's was delicious, and yes. even yeah. though she knows it's uh, um, re, re, mechanically made, yeah, mechanically meat. made meat, yeah, or mechanically recovered or whatever it's called, yeah. But oh, she's she she's gonna snub. So he kept saying how much she's gonna snub it, her nose at alpaca meat, though. Hmm. Don't buy it.
2: I don't think. I think she's right, though. People don't cost or people don't.
0: No, eat my alpacas. wife would just hug them. She you don't know alpacas. what's in your McDonald's
1: patty.
2: So he keeps saying. He, he keeps saying how much how like doesn't everyone know how expensive alpacas are? But then he also wants to eat. Yeah. The well, I mean, eventually,
0: a, an animal runs it out. Of lifespan, right? Like, I have a friend who raises goats. But
2: at that point, you don't. But no, at you that want point to eat them before you get to that
0: point. Yeah.
2: Like, a chicken who's, who doesn't really lay eggs anymore, you're not going to eat that chicken. Right, it's right, going right, to taste
0: right, like right. shit. But you, do you you do goal, your chicken? goal is to let them live through a certain amount of seasons and see if you can yield as much of a harvest as uh-huh. you can from that animal. And then you slaughter it before it, it, it hits the ripe old age. I also just didn't think anybody ate alpacas. A I thought soup. they were just used for their wool. I think uh-huh. I don't think that anybody does eat alpacas. Yeah. I'm I i do not know well enough one way or the other as to whether or <laughs> not anybody eats alpacas. I could be wrong on this. I'm not sure. Uh, think a lot of best? money. I I'm gonna guess fair. you can I'm gonna guess you can get an alpaca for like three mm-hmm. grand. Okay. Yeah.
2: So they re- <laughs> apparently this one website I found said that Alpacas can range between two hundred yeah, and I feel fifty dollars and fifty thousand dollars. However, <laughs> yeah, however, the cost of most alpaca fall somewhere between the three thousand dollars so range.
0: Worth several hundred thousand dollars? Is that like a breeding thing? Like you, come a long line of yeah, purebred they're, alpacas? They're,
2: probably they're whatever type mm. of wool they are.
0: Okay. I should have asked oh. my wife. She she actually knows a strange amount about alpacas because of their wool because of some of the uh like clothing they sell. Mm. The clothing that she has is like alp alpaca wool. Oh right. Um and she we had a conversation mm. about this a couple of weeks ago actually cuz uh, I don't even remember what brought it up. Um but yeah, she was she was saying like alpacas are different um than like sheep because of the way that you have to shear them for their coats to grow and there's a, like they're kind of, kind of like your dog Palmer where it's like that double coat. Mm-hmm. You don't want all of the wool. Mm-hmm. You only want one of the coats. Right. So it's actually kind of like okay. labor intensive. Okay. I don't know anything about that, but I do know that they make sweaters out of my dog's fur. So, <laughs> they probably do it the same way then. It's probably the same thing. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. So it's inter I will say before we kind of get any deeper in this, this is kind of I guess you you had mentioned in the short story that this is told from the the perspective of like the scientist who comes in after the fact, right? Yes. Whereas um, in this mm-hmm. in the movie, he shows up uh so it, the he shows up and he sees all this stuff happen with the family in the movie. Whereas in the short story, he gets most of his information from the aftermath. Uh, well, not just from the aftermath, but the, oh. I guess Tommy Chong's character in the story.
2: Yeah. Yes. Cause it's already happened. By the time he gets there, yeah, everything they call is already done. it already it a done. blasted
0: heath. Um, and
2: yeah. So yeah. the pit's already there where the land used to be, and it's already gray and, the, and nothing grows uh, the, there. The
0: story takes place in, if I remember correctly, like the late 1890s. Okay. I think it's 1880s.
2: the 1880s. Yeah. So yeah. the late 1800s
0: is when the, the story takes place. And there, there was, uh, he did an interview. Um, where he was asked about you know was there ever thought to keep the movie rooted in the nineteen twenties when uh the surveyor would have gone back um and he said there was but that's partly uh aside from the the references to like the the satellite dish and then I guess seeing the cars that they're using. Because yeah. of how secluded the movie is, since it all takes place out in the middle of nowhere in Arkham, it doesn't really mm-hmm. make that much of a difference as far as like the the setting for the time. I don't think the no, again, has, they watch the it anything from from the pace of the story, uh, or the way that like the events unfold. Um, granted, like I said, I don't have any experience with the short story itself or the source material, but this this is um as somebody who's experiencing it organically, just based on this film, I didn't think anything felt out of place. (laughs) Um, but you know, knowing from HP Lovecraft's period of time, his period of writing, um, it, it fits well in modern times. It was translated very, very successfully, I think. Um, but it is interesting to note Mm that, that, uh, the introduction between, um, what's his name? uh, yeah, Ward and Lavinia Ward. is is kind of our our opening window to the events that unfold, right? Ward is still uh what sets the story off. His interaction with with this family is what sets the story off. Uh, granted it is told in a majority like uh, from the perspective of the family um Ward is the catalyst for it, right? We experience him running into Lavinia as she's trying to do uh, a spell to get rid of her mother's uh-huh. cancer. Um, so uh-huh. there is some element of witchcraft right off the bat. Um, and and <laughs> Ward <laughs> Ward is actually like pretty knowledgeable of witchcraft uh, as as the film starts.
2: Yeah, he knows a lot of things about random yeah, things. He
0: He's one of those people that just kind of has, like, a little bit of information about a whole lot of everything. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's so happenstance. How,
0: yeah, how uh, exactly. wonderful for the story. Um, so uh, they have this initial interaction, and as as things go on, um, basically, the where things start to get a little bit spooky is one night a uh, meteor crash lands in their front yard and uh, Jack, the youngest son, hmm. he's not okay with, with what just took place. He yeah. immediately, like, he starts rocking back and forth. He's like, "Oh, you know what? What did I just see?" Uh, this kid is is traumatized by by what took place. Um, Ward, who has been surve- surveying the area for dam development he and the mayor and the sheriff of the nearby town, Arkham decided that they're going to arrive and they, they see this meteor and they see the smoking crater that's in the middle of the yard. And, um, the mayor immediately decides, <clears throat> Hey, it's time to call the press. It's time to call a whole bunch of people to come out here and see what the hell took place in your backyard. Um, Nathan, uh is is very much against this right like nicolas cage's character uh is 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 all about his peace and quiet he just wants to find a new start for his family and he's his immediate reaction seems to be if you get the fucking press out here it's not going to be a new start for my family it's it's going to eliminate everything that i'm trying to do by getting close to uh my family uh repairing what happened you know uh, with with my wife, because remember they haven't been intimate for months. Mm-hmm. What was it like, eight months or something? Where do, yeah,
2: so I think it was like six months. Yeah, maybe. Which he tells the uh, people who end up showing up at his house in an interview, which is hilarious. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so there's 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 <laughs> um, a bit of a um, detachment, I guess, between every character of their family. Right, even the brothers and sisters, like. The youngest one seems to be coddled, like overly coddled, by pretty much everybody, which makes sense. But we've got uh, the two older, the the older sister, the older brother, uh, Lavinia and um, Benny. Um, Benny. Their only way, their only Benny's way, to, yeah. Head. Benny's a pod, Their <laughs> only way to interact with one another is to throw as many insults as they possibly can, <laughs> in
1: one another's mm-hmm. vicinity. I mean, <laughs> I get it.
0: I mean, I do too. I, I, I. I'm not. A, I'm an only child, but just from interacting with cousins, like oh, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I understand what that, what that's like. Um, but at the same time, like that's the only thing that they have. Like they, they obviously care for one yeah. another. Um, that's that's made apparent. But like every single conversation that they have ends in in not just calling each other names, like some really vicious shit. Like, <laughs> you're right <laughs> um which i think is it, it it illustrates kind of the dynamic throughout the family and it's one that gets torn apart as the film continues on um so uh nathan and lavinia they the following night they witness that this meteor is being struck by several <laughs> bolts of lightning it's this bright purple color um that they have trouble kind of expressing in words. Right. And, and that becomes one of the plot points of the film is, is, describing this color and the vibrancy of this color and how it kind of takes over everything that it's around. Um, Ward notices that the groundwater is taking like this oily sheen when he tests it. And he says, it's not drinkable. It's something that like, you shouldn't, you should probably stay away from his test strips begin to glow brightly with, with this, this, I don't know. What is it like a magenta? You guys are more color oriented. Yeah, hot magenta. pink, magenta, purple, neons, like anything in that group of colors. Right. Um, he advises that the gardeners should probably stay away from it. And I think that's some pretty good advice, but they don't. They don't listen. They
1: do Nobody not listen. Uh, they continue to water them. their
0: crops with it. They t- continue to drink it directly out of the tap. They... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it uh, it's all over the place. Uh, while notifying nearby residents, uh, and a nearby resident named Ezra, who is like the the town, I what do you even call Ezra? He's he's he's
2: what do they call him? They call him a um,
0: oh, I, I what do you call him? Oh, like, he's is? a pothead for sure, but like, what you, yeah,
2: he well, he's kind of like this eccentric guy who lives on their land, right? So he lives. What do they call him a squatter?
0: Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) He's in a shed. He's 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 a witch doctor. He's like a shaman. Yeah. He's much like my friend Tim. He just lives in a shed and has a hot (laughs) plate and calls it a day. (laughs) So there's an interesting there's an interesting bit about this character in how he's transposed to the movie. Because he is in the short story, um, and he's Not that different in the short story. Um, Everybody kind of treats him as like a fucking weirdo that just kind of lives by himself. Um, But Richard Stanley did an interview with Hollywood Reporter where they asked specifically about Tommy Chong's character, saying that he was reminiscent to the witch doctor and dust devil, Mm -hmm. um, saying that both characters are essentially telling the truth about what's happening in the outside world, but are obviously untrustworthy beyond a point are supporting characters like that autobiographical in the sense that they're based on real people you've met, to which Richard Stanley says yes and names the fucking person, saying he's based on a real person named Urani from a documentary I shot called The Other World, which gives us a good feel of the extremely strange life that Urani was living, who had been separated from the outside world for about 20 years, living in isolation in the middle of nowhere, mm. hadn't gotten laid in so long he started cross-dressing about 10 years before I got there, there was no running water, so he couldn't really wash and was a very shaggy-looking guy. Nevertheless, he painted his nails, wore a dress, and was quite dainty. He was the only person I've ever met who actually believed in H.P. Lovecraft's The Old Ones and had a f- battered French-language copy of the Necronomicon. And then in the 90s, oh, he became obsessed with an analog tape recording of what he claimed were extraterrestrials buzzing around beneath the floors of the house, which is an element tied directly to Color Out Space script. Um In real mm-hmm. life, the analog recordings uh, were eventually played on French TV, which in two thousand and twelve caused an outbreak of mass hysteria, leading the French government to declare martial law. Um, what uh, yeah, and so we see we we see this kind of reflected in the movie where he brings out the the tapes and he says, something mm-hmm. about like listening into the ground um, and then there's, of course, the recording when they come across him uh, towards the end of the movie in the final act hmm. and yeah. say what you will about lovecraft he has a history of I mean, of having source material that does like really weird shit up. to people's brains yeah <laughs> um so jack becomes fixated on the property as well he observes uh, a whole bunch of weird plant growths insects and uh he claims that it's basically like mm-hmm. This portal of communication to something he calls it a friend, but it's just to something. It's like this voice yeah. that whispers in his head. Um, it actually whispers in several of the characters' heads throughout the uh, course of the film. And when a news crew arrives to an inter- interview Nathan about the meteor, um, there's nothing left to see. Whatever was there has completely vanished. vanished. Nicholas Cage it... is drunk as fuck. Yeah, Nicholas Cage is drunk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he yeah, looks yeah. batshit crazy. Didn't anybody tell him to put a comb through my hair? He looks bat he looks batshit crazy. He looks
2: amazing.
0: Uh it's basically like, like any sort of, of UFO tale from that point on, right? Like yes. you run into somebody who uh says that they were abducted or whatever and they're
2: Well he take he took great displeasure though with the fact that he That's never true. said UFO. That's true. <laughs> and they put yeah, the UFO look crazy. in the headlines. <laughs> It made him look crazy. It wasn't, you know, that he was wasted and <laughs> had crazy hair, but <laughs> and looked completely strung out, but he's like, I never True. said you He didn't.
0: But it was like that was pu- put into his mouth. Um, Later, <laughs> Teresa is preparing dinner, uh, and she absentmindedly cuts off two of her fingers. And it's not really absentmindedly as much as as it is. She starts hearing this weird sound and becomes almost like transfixed on it, mm-hmm. uh, almost hypnotized in a way. And she uh, just keeps cutting this. What, what's a carrot, right? If I remember yeah. right. Yeah, well, she keeps cutting a group of carrots. Carrot, yeah, and, and so you see that cutting... they set it up so you know it's going to happen because they keep, oh, cutting for sure. back and forth you between like her yeah. hand and then oh, the conversation sure. at the table. And then, like her cutting, and you see her hands and the conversation at the table, but they're like, like addressing really- her, and she's not really listening to the yeah, shes not it's just- like a really fucked responding. up game of duck duck goose where like, you know you're gonna get hit. You just don't know when it's gonna come. yeah,
2: well, they send Jack in there, and you think maybe he might just tap her on the shoulder before she gets to the <laughs> tips of her fingers. it doesn't
0: happen he does. so she doesn't just it cut doesn't off one happen. finger, she cuts off two fingers, and uh, all the way through. Oh, yeah all the way through
2: yeah like well, first it's kind of to like first kind first of under, it leaves you
0: under the impression that like while it while it's cut down to the first knuckle that she didn't just like it was probably just the tip first and then a little more
2: and then and she did another more, slice and yeah. a little more
0: cuz she's cutting there for a while you hear the knife oh. keep keep kind of thunking on the cutting board so it's <laughs> it's like she was cutting the carrots just into her fingers over and over and over and over and over again um, and this is where this movie kind of like really starts to put this 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 overall um creepy ambiance on top of everything that's going on, right as a viewer, you know what you're gonna expect. you know walking into this movie you've um for instance, you booted up on shutter, right. You see the the description, mm. the brief description about it. You know what you're getting into. This is going to be some bull, some some bullshit about space and aliens doing some nonsense with people's heads. But this is the point. Yeah. It's almost I compare it kind of to like that point in Poltergeist, right? So like we get the voices with Carol Ann, we get like the uh, the the chair set up and stuff at the beginning of Poltergeist. But this right here is where shit starts to get actually sinister. Um, and okay. so, as Nathan rushes her off to the hospital, he leaves. He leaves Benny in charge. He leaves his family with Benny. And on Nathan's request, Benny goes outside to put the uh, farm's alpacas back in the stable. But he doesn't return until late at night, claiming he had uh, that time had passed almost instantaneously for him. Right. So, not just is a whole bunch of creepy shit going on, but we're starting to deal with uh, a loss of of time comprehension. Um, a loss of well, as as we get deeper into the film, like just mental uh, acuity, um, clarity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we 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 get into just uh, this movie does a lot to try to intentionally confuse the characters as much as possible. The whatever this entity is, isn't just fucking with them physically; it's fucking with them mentally and with all of their perceptions all at once. Which I think is some pretty crazy shit to think about. When it comes to aliens, because uh, I think they would be capable of doing something like this, like a full frontal assault on all of your senses. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
2: absolutely. And they wouldn't just come, yeah, they wouldn't just come down to, you know, view what you're doing. Like they want to yeah. fuck with your shit. It's yeah, also,
0: I like the idea that it's like we're not, the aliens aren't starting in our major cities. Because I've always had an mm. issue with that. That the aliens would always come and visit the major cities first, especially if they're trying to do some something hostile. Um, I think this right. is the perfect example of, you know, how it should be done. If you're going to start somewhere where it's not very noticeable and, you know. Go off the yeah, grid a and little that bit. Way you can kind of see what's going on around you. You get some practice in. you can see what works You can see what doesn't work.
2: Well, I mean, most people who have experienced UFOs or you know UFO encounters tend to be living off the grid anyway.
0: Yeah, <laughs> are they right, like camping in the movies. forest or you don't, not in the... you don't see that in movies? The only one, the, yeah, the only film the... that I think really got no, it no. right was Independence Day because I think if 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 aliens are going to come with massive weapons and superior firepower then yeah they're going to go big dick and just blow up the white house like that's just that's just it right right like, <laughs> otherwise i think it's going to be this slow systematic uh, takeover of the world from a rural place yeah i, I...
2: you know i hate to say it but signs <laughs> <Jesus> christ
0: water <laughs> they're allergic no. to
2: water signs did it <laughs> They were with the water, and they...
0: Sorry, sorry they for the spoiler a alert on a 25-plus-year-old a movie at this point, but, you know, water. Oh, yeah. also, <laughs> water. Also, somehow not the worst twist that M. Night Shyamalan's ever done. It's true. It's true. You, yeah, you, that, it you, mentioned you You can't even get mad about I us mentioning M. Night was, Shyamalan this week.
2: It was doing the thing that you said that alien movies don't do. M. Night Shyamalan did That's it. That's true
0: and then also did not have the worst twist. So, <laughs> is this like that episode of South Park where somebody's <laughs> just screaming, Simpsons did it over and over again? <laughs> Shyamalan, did did it. <laughs> it. <laughs> Shyamalan did it. Shyamalan did it. Meanwhile, uh, Lavinia is trying to contact Nathan um, because she she seems more in tune with wavelengths, with spirituality, right? So she's already kind of established herself as this character that's... <laughs> that's uh, familiar with with occultism and as a result she's Uh on like a a wavelength that's a little bit higher than i think the rest of the family is so Um, i want to i want to throw this theory out there okay and i want you to kind of rattle this around a little bit since you just mentioned what you mentioned about lavinia being kind of in tune with the occult there's a theory that the color is not an alien but it's actually The result of Lavinia fucking up an attempt to summon, from the beginning of the movie, uh, from the Necronomicon. I I think, Hmm. given what I know about H.P. Lovecraft's universe, that's probably more in line with with the reality of things than it is an alien force.
2: Well, because Ward... Kind of asked her jokingly, right? Like, oh, did you do that with your spell? But she did kind of make a face, yes. like, <laughs> yes. kind
0: of, <Possible>. maybe, <laughs> possibly, uh, not sure. <laughs> parents return, and Nathan lashes out at Benny and Lavinia with with this this rage that you haven't really seen a whole lot of before, right? Like up until this point, Cage's character Nathan has been very compassionate, especially regarding Lavinia. Mm -hmm. um remember you know she comes back from the initial summoning ritual we see at the beginning of the film riding the horse the only thing he cares about is whether or not she's wearing a helmet (laughs) and and her boots don't forget yeah yeah and her boots and and she he wants her to put the horse away and like he doesn't care about anything except his kids he seems very compassionate throughout the entire course of this film up until he returns from the hospital um we see him
2: because he says his dad used to be really abusive yeah, towards him right yeah. so he tries hard not so to be so he's got to a reason like to
0: to to go above and beyond in terms of being compassionate with his kids but from this point on he's drinking more you you see the scene where uh-huh. he's picking out the ice cubes from the water that he made he puts them into the into the whiskey sits down he's 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 losing his shit right like <laughs> Yeah
2: <laughs> His wife's yeah. like, really? He's like, I don't know what they're, what else there right. is to uh,
0: do. So Nathan becomes frustrated after finding out that his most recent harvest of fruits has proven to be ineditable. So he, he uh, basically goes through a bunch of tomatoes, takes a bite out of them, throws them into the mm. trash immediately. So good. And he doesn't throw them in the trash. So he good. has a uh, slam dunk contest where he's the only <laughs> so participant. Good. He's uh, every crazy. dunk is a 10. He's basically doing yep, his, his best LeBron one. James impersonation. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he's like narrating. He's narrating it himself while it's happening. That's the yep. funniest part about it. And so this is yeah. where we start to get the crazy cage, like actually start to okay. get the crazy cage. Uh We've gotten like a little bit of a glimpse of his stunt into acting, especially once again, I'll bring up the, the scene where he brings, where, where he talks about, you just got to wear your helmet. Like he's overacting Mm -hmm. with the caring, but now he's really overacting with like the, the, the borderline fucking like eight millimeter, like, Oh no, you know, like, why did you pay him off to do it? Type of thing. Like, um, so he's, he's really starting to kind of embrace the crazy cage that, that I know Sam just loves so, so damn much. Yes. Um, he's found the perfect way to, kind of incorporate that into the the movies he's making right and these movies these movies are designed with like with that in mind and he's got like Nicolas cage part of you know everybody's heard the stories of his weird kind of style and Mm -hmm. the way that he acts on set um but apparently he always asks directors if he can try a line reading a certain way before he attempts it Mm -hmm. um Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's not necessarily improv. Where like he's he's doing it off the cuff. He's rehearsed.
2: Is it more like a method acting of, type but of thing? it's also
0: like he's he's rehearsed some of this stuff to himself, like in his trailer at home, in his head, whatever. And so he's trying out all these different things to see what works, and then he just kind of builds off of it based on uh who likes what.
1: Hmm.
0: Makes mm-hmm. sense, I guess. Interesting. Um, but while all this is going on, Teresa, she loses uh, a client due to her shitty internet connection because they live in the middle of, of butt fuck nowhere. Um, and I say buttfuck nowhere because this is probably where, um, you know, is this where you want to <laughs> live Palmer? Yes. When you've finally gone off the grid, I want to live in the place where if you, if you uh, fall off your canoe in the middle of a river, the only solution is to be raped by a toothless gentlemen climbing the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Anyways, this is the last straw for the both of them, and it brings them into a fight. Uh, the same night, Lavinia tries to perform a Wiccan ceremony to try to save her family. She mutilates herself in the process. She uh, cuts deeply into her flesh multiple times while creating the pentagram on the floor. And if, if she didn't summon this creature the first time, she definitely summoned it this time. <laughs> so she also paints the little blood triangle on her forehead. Yeah, yeah. Um, See, I don't, I, I'm not sure. I think the creature's been summoned. I think she's protecting herself at this point. I don't think she is. I think this is the creature yeah. uh, once again uh, amplifying her... Her uh, characteristics, you know, like like it does with every other character, because we saw something more right. Wiccan-oriented at the beginning of the film, you mm-hmm. know, like life giving form to life, like burning the hair, uh, much more flowy, much more nature-oriented. Whereas this seems a lot more satanic than, than her previous, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, ritual.
2: Is that just because she's drawing the runes well, on she, her body? she's cutting
0: herself. She's like getting, she's...
2: Oh, yeah, I guess I should say not drawing, cutting right. the runes on well, her body. Well, I think body. it's a little,
0: you know, it's, I don't know, maybe satanic isn't the right word, but it definitely seems like dark magic compared to what she was doing before. Um, and I think that has something to do with the presence of whatever it is, be it be it alien or be it spirit. Whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it might be, I think its presence has to do with the way that she approaches this, um, because I don't know, I don't know how many protective rituals would involve that kind of of sinister looking magic. Um, granted, I'm not a Wiccan, so well, I'm not well versed the... in any of this. Well.
2: The, the the thing she carves on her forehead is a rune for okay. protection so I think some of the symbology I don't is know correct, about carving it in really there like
0: wouldn't the actual, it just be like ash or like
2: no not imagine... with sage
0: in the air yeah. or with smoke or something like I don't know about carving it in your, <laughs> yeah, <that> seem... <laughs> your forehead that would your forehead that's like right. some Charles Manson shit <laughs> old Charlie is this a symbol of protection <laughs> well it is in prison Charlie <laughs> <laughs> Um, Teresa hears Jack and Benny screaming after entering the alpaca stables and rushes to their aid, but in the process, a bolt of this mysterious color fuses Teresa and Jack together into a deranged mass, and this is where I genuinely (laughs) started to freak the fuck out of this film, because... Yeah, this movie decides it's to get not full horror at this
1: point.
0: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> not, not natural it's not natural it's the way this ended up playing out uh yeah it goes into body horror it goes into uh uh something that you'd expect from like cronenberg or uh something yeah. you'd expect to see in the thing from this point on and it's not just the the fusing of of uh Teresa and Jack, it's the fusing of the alpacas later in the film. It's like the alpaca shit. monster is pretty mm-hmm. much just ripped straight from the thing. Yeah. It, it's the it's the it's dog so monster good. as al- fuzzy alpacas. <laughs> right. But uh, I think prior to this we saw uh, um we saw they didn't they lose the cat yeah g spot ran away and yeah. yes. you see you see G-spot. him earlier very briefly uh where it kind of looks like he's been turned inside out I yeah, guess it's really the only way to yeah. describe it, but he's still alive and moving. And the, yeah. And bigger. Yeah.
2: He's bigger and kind of
0: yeah. fleshier.
2: But he still has his digital bell on. He's
0: much more meaty though. <laughs> That's certainly the case. Yes. <laughs> uh, I I don't know what it was in particular about about the fusion of Teresa and Jack that, the that perturbed There's me the so much. <laughs> Well noises, it wasn't it yes. was like their movements when you finally see them crawl in <laughs> full motion, you because know, when both, when they put Lavinia both... up there later in the film. But like... even prior to that, even prior oh, yeah. to that, they're both like when they first bring her back or bring them, I guess, back into the house and she's on the there on the couch getting hit by sun, mm. and you hear the whimpering. Yeah. But you can hear it's distinctly well, like it's it's distinctly two separate whimpers. Like you hear the little boy and the mom. And the way they did the sound yeah. effects was to, like, double-track that together so you can hear, like, this dual-tone voice, mm-hmm. and it's fucking haunting. It made me very uncomfortable.
2: Well, and he starts kind of crying like a baby, and she starts screaming, yeah. like, screeching. Uh, it's it it very, gets very uncomfortable. <laughs>
0: It gets more and more uncomfortable the longer yeah, they make it into it this does. movie. It does.
2: Also, it was kind of—I think it's because they didn't want to show the small kid as much as they wanted to show the mom. But it was also kind of weird when they had her just like positioned on the couch. How the, Jack Smothered. was just kind of like yeah. smushed yeah. up against fun. the back smothering. of the like smothering him. Also, <laughs> like, don't you want to put her on a bed or something so at least like the baby can breathe?
0: <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> so, like you go back so there, you'll
0: be fine. they try to help her, but they're unable to start their car. They're unable to call for help. Electronic.
2: This car thing is not happening.
0: Yeah, it's not. Dude, this is a horror film. You can't start a car to save your life in a fucking horror <laughs> film. Um it's literally a cage <laughs> freak out in the car though. Nope. That's true. There was a cage freak out.
2: Yeah, that's peak cage yeah. rage.
0: Uh all electronic devices have stopped functioning at this point. And uh they realize that sunlight harms teresa and jack so if they they come close to it they it's almost like vampire type stuff in terms of just like they they get hit by the beams and that's just, they, they start shrieking in agony it's a lot like uh you know any sort of vampire lore so obviously whatever it is it's some dark energy right cuz traditionally in terms of 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 both magic and and like folklore and all that kind of stuff sunlight is supposed to be like the cleansing element right like, whatever these dark creatures mm-hmm. are thrive in the night, but if sunlight hits them, it always destroys them. Um, seems to be kind of the case here. Uh, they decide as a result of of the fact that it's killing Teresa and Jack, Nathan will, will take them into the attic um, and block them from being able to kind of get hit by any sort of sunlight. And uh, he, Benny reveals at this point that he's witnessed the alpacas go through this horrible mutation due to the color. And Nathan decides that he's going to go out there with a shotgun and take care of the problem. Right. Oh, <laughs> <Like, laughs> he this just, awesome slow-mo like, like exploding head. Yeah, he is. He's just, he, honestly, this is, this is what people need to understand. Guns are a solution. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, at that point, I feel like putting that poor thing out of its no, misery is not, at not at a not bad at at idea.
0: He's just, he's just a man but living off the land with a twelve gauge and a barrel of solutions, right?
2: And a six headed <laughs> llama or a six headed. So
0: llama. he he goes and he finishes <laughs> off these alpacas, and we get this awesome slow mo head explosion kill from from the alpacas. And uh, he decides, all right, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to do the exact same thing to Jack and Teresa. And when he finally gets up there, he finds that he's not my able yeah, he's not able to do it at all.: um, well, So I told you this, when you, so you came over to my place the other day to drop something off, and we were briefly talking about this. Um, and I distinctly remember when I saw this movie in theaters, when he first takes. <laughs> uh Jack Risa up to the attic. I like that. Uh, that is officially how we're referring yeah. to them from Jack now on. Jack Risa, Jack Risa monster yeah. up to the attic and puts her down and Lavinia is up there and he tells he tells them that like, you know, leave, get out, I'll take care of this. And then you mm-hmm. see him like lean down and get like kind of like sweet and affectionate with the Jack Risa monster.
2: Oh, when he kisses yes. her, her monster. I mouth?
0: definitely <laughs> thought that this movie was gonna take a leap off the fucking deep end at this oh, point. It's gonna get like some intimate. Yeah. Because thing, I thought being. I legitimately thought because he they make a big point. He he talks about it multiple times prior to this point about like how he and Teresa have not had sex in eight months. I thought he was gonna fuck the Jack Risa
2: right. monster. Oh, no. I He's absolutely thought he Jack was gonna Risa? have sex
0: with the Jack Risa Monster. <laughs> Yeah, because it gets really could, like I, I, awkwardly I, I, yeah. intimate and then cuts away when he walks out uh when he's yeah. like, it's OK, I've got other things to do. And he like gets up and goes out and murders the alpacas. <laughs> we're going to go to Croatia. So you were expecting some sort sort of uh, oh, yeah, on Trier, Borderline, yes. Willem Dafoe, Dong, just going in and out of this monster. And if yep. this was like a Tom six movie, it would have fucking happened. Oh, yes, I agree. <laughs> and part of me is very glad that this isn't a Tom Six movie, because there would have been some barbed wire masturbation thrown in there. There would have been some some it just oh <laughs> too, much. Glad. too much, too much. Yeah, far too much, far too much. Uh, Lavinia and uh, Benny they conspire to leave the farm using Lavinia's hair, horse, but uh, it runs from the property. It's a smart fucking horse.
1: I saw what happened. Yeah, I'm that yeah. didn't want to get turned, turned out.
2: inside out. Uh,
0: before returning <laughs> yeah. inside, Benny insists that he hears the family's dog inside the well. But upon climbing in, immediately gets like blasted by the color. Right, we see the color rising and rising and rising from the well, mm-hmm. and finally like swallows him. He, he, it's like uh, I don't know, like Indiana Jones or Lord of the Rings or something. All of a sudden, it's just you just see this this character fall into the pit, and that's gotcha, bitch. yeah, yes, exactly. I mean,
2: I know he's being sort of, his mind is being controlled by the aliens or, you know, right. the extraterrestrials at this point. But that has to be the also, fucking I imagine, dumbest I, thing
0: I feel like Lavinia could do. have done more. Like, she kept, like, she grabbed his arm and was like, don't do it. Like, it's just a dog. She kept trying to talk yeah. him out of it. I feel, and granted, he, he's kind of a thick boy. And he's taller than she is. Yeah. But I feel like she could have done a little bit more to try to, like, keep him out of that well. Could have. She could have. I yeah. Mean, maybe, but maybe, maybe she might be Maybe like a <laughs> let sum- nature take its course thing. <laughs> maybe she summoned the color because she was tired of all of the fucking awful names he was calling her. It's just like Ooh, you know so what was intentional. I mean,
2: she could dish it out just as well as she yeah, could dish it out. But though, he didn't have a comeback for this shit. It. No. But I mean, why would you to go down into a gurgling well? And that's, that's where the little brother was you.
0: originally sitting and talking to. Like after the meteorite landed, mm-hmm. and there were like those scenes of the little brother, like sitting out on the grass mm-hmm. with the dog, and they were just like staring at the well, and he was talking to the man in the well. That'd be a good it's movie right. title, The Man in the Well. Let's see. It would. Let's start writing that. Let's make that happen.
2: All right,
0: maybe we can do a skip for it. <laughs> First scene. <laughs> uh, so now that he's been swallowed up by the color, uh, basically, Nathan comes back out and shows some more uncharacteristic rage at this point. Right? He's 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 uh. Mm-hmm irrational he's totally irrational yeah. at this point in the film um and his only like, goal is to kind of like get lavinia upstairs in the attic right like he grabs her he's like you're going upstairs your you're gonna you're gonna spend some time with your mom
2: He yeah, you keeps saying that we're family and family yeah. stick together right so go upstairs yeah. and feed your yeah. mother yeah.
0: and this is this is also <laughs> where i get like oh god this scene really fucking i don't know what it is about mm. this the, the mom." In this, this movie, but this this scene really fucking made me very uncomfortable. Also, <laughs> Jack Reesa, the spider monster, comes charging at Lavinia. Jack Risa. Yeah,
2: too many legs. Uh, uh,
0: Jack Risa, yeah, comes out. At this point, it is a full-on spider monster. At this point, right? Because it's like crawling on on its its arms and legs, and it's turned over, and it's just screeching nonsense. Uh, and Lavinia's like genuinely terrified, right? Like yeah. <laughs> she's,
2: yeah, I think he was yelling at her that it was hungry. Right, yeah.
0: And so she's, she's scared. She's like, I don't know what my dad's trying to do to me. I don't know what my mom's trying to do with me. My mom is, is fused with my little brother. My other little brother just got swallowed by a well. I'm, I'm sitting over here with a carving <laughs> in my forehead. <laughs> like her life yeah. is not. I really this should this have is- learned how to read that language in that book before I said anything that was in it. Right, right. And <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> so Nathan returns, finally, I don't know, snapping out of his 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 rage or whatever, and shoots uh uh this monster lo- in the head, saving Lavinia. We get another awesome like slow-mo explosion shot of, of the buckshot going through this creature. And, uh, they both rush, outside. Nathan attempts to shoot the color emerging from the well, but the sheriff mistakes Nathan's aim for ward and shoots him. And he dies in Lavinia's arms, ward and the sheriff leave to evacuate Ezra and Lavinia insists on staying with Nathan at Ezra's house. The pair only find his corpse, and the recording that he left behind, and this recording also sounds really fucked up too, right? It's not just like, uh, this actually does remind me a lot of the uh, Independence Day scene where the alien grabs the doctor by uh, the neck yeah, yeah. and slams him up against the glass, and he's like, What do you want oh, from peace. us? Yeah. Um, the, the voice was, uh, as we hear Ezra's kind of like voice play back through this audio, it's very distorted. It's very like jumbled. There's like multiple um iterations of his voice going back and forth. Um, as the audio plays on,
2: saying no, it does sound pretty spot on to what happened, though. Like he's saying that they've lived under the ground, right. right, for a long time, waiting and feeding, but they came from the water. So although he seemed kind of kooky, he had a pretty good gauge of what was happening. I mean, the
0: the kooky people often do. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I've come right. to the conclusion that if somebody. Like, ever since Friday the 13th, the original one, when that man comes out and says, you're all doomed! <laughs>
2: you're all doomed! And they're like, go away! That I
0: listen to kooky people.
2: <laughs> so when people yell at you in the parking lot or the gas at the gas station... Well, I don't, I I don't mean, like, the,
0: <laughs> the meth heads like that stand on the, the corner of the street. Dude, I'm just talking, like, genuinely kooky people.
2: You want to buy a squeegee?
0: I think if a oh. gas station attendant says something, you should at least kick it around in your head a little bit don't just outright dismiss it right
2: oh i'm sorry i he's right though i wasn't talking about the gas station attendant. i was absolutely talking about the crackheads <laughs> that hang out of the gas station and try and get well, you
0: well if they're the wearing <laughs> a tinfoil hat maybe listen to them otherwise not they can that can That can yes. just get discarded right right um so ultimately ezra's tape is basically saying that that this color is trying to make the earth into something it knows and heading mm-hmm. back towards the farmhouse Um, in typical Evil Dead fashion, a tree out of nowhere snatches the sheriff and kills him, leaving stabs him right in the fucking eye. Yeah, leaving Ward.
2: Oh, damn! Picks up the
0: sheriff, and you see you see Uh uh, what's his face turn around and see the sheriff like lift it up, and then you see another branch just come in and just like right down through his eye, and it's fucking Mm -hmm. dope. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, I totally missed that. That's Um, awesome.
0: Ward returns to rescue Lavinia. But uh, finds that she's at this point been possessed by the color. It explodes out of the well and forms this this like hurricane kind of in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ward has mm-hmm. shown this vision of where the color hails from, and it's an exoplanet inhabited by tentacle alien entities. and before before and Lavinia disintegrates, <laughs> he gets this this very vivid, just vision of all of this. And um, space and time basically begin to unravel around him. Ward enters the farmhouse, and he's pursued by this murderous apparition of Nathan. He hides behind a uh, wine cellar as uh, the color's distortion of reality drives the property to destruction, leaving Ward the only survivor as he climbs out of the farmhouse's debris. Um, We finally see a, a grizzled, worn, grayed beard Ward as he's smoking a cigarette, like the crack addicts that we see on the side of the street. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's dressed so much better. He is. He is. he,
2: uh, is. he doesn't look like he, he stands at all. on top of the
0: finished <laughs> dam, which uh, covers the former property, and narrates basically saying that he still doesn't trust the water, and never will. Right. So never this, will.
2: And the, and this narration comes from the short yeah. story as does the beginning of the, his narration at the beginning of the, um, of okay. The film, so
0: it begins and first, ends where the story is with the, so the yes. really the only difference is that he see, he witnesses these events, whereas in a short story, he's pe- piecing it all together. Okay. Right. So it's more of a mystery in the short story. And this is more of like an account. Like the film is an account of it. Whereas the, the, the yeah. short story is a mystery. He's unraveling the pieces and, and figuring out what took place. Okay. Well, so I mean, the short story is what more, happened, more yeah. or less this account. Uh, the difference is in the short story, he's hearing it from Ezra. Right. He's not. And like, he's not really super involved in most of what's going on in the movie. Like he, he is at the beginning and he's at the end but like the middle part of it is more or less the reflection of the account that he hears in the short story. Gotcha. Okay. What uh,
1: What did you guys think of this?
2: It was really good. I really liked how they played with time in the movie. There's that one scene when I guess um, Ward and the sheriff come mm-hmm. into the house and Nicolas Cage is like having a conversation well, yeah, with his family and right they're all right here, right? So he's having a conversation with them, but they're not there. But then right. once they all sort of get enveloped by this color and everything gets blown up, they do all end up in this world on the couch together like a family. And I thought that was such a cool play on like time and where they were going.
0: Yeah. What the fuck was happening? So I think I think you guys know um, what my next question is gonna be. How does this how because of because yeah. <laughs> of how this film was released, marketed? Uh, And the time period in which it was released. Mm -hmm. How do you think this compares Uh to Mandy? All right. I'll tackle that one first. Because I remember exactly what I said when I walked out of the theater. Mm -hmm. uh, And texted you about it. Mm -hmm. Which was. Most of the movie made no sense. But it was incredible. It looked great. Mm -hmm. It's not Mandy. But it's a different kind of great
1: Can you define
0: that? I think this movie is a little
1: bit more
2: accessible than (laughs) Mandy.
0: So Mandy is quite a bit more straightforward, as weird as that is to say. I mean, ultimately, it's a movie about a (laughs) cult leader Mm -hmm. uh, who kills this guy's Mm -hmm. girlfriend and he goes on a vengeful uh, rampage. Right, Um, And there's some LSD and penises involved. Uh, this movie is a lot harder to explain, uh, because you've got everything from, you know, the concept of aliens. to the concept of the occult to the concept of warped perceptions of time to, uh, trying to understand something that terrestrial or not is so great that it's in, inco- it is incomprehensible. Um, this movie I find to be just as visually stunning, especially the second half of this movie, uh, visually stands out just as much as Mandy did. And I think that's a a big testament to user T38, which was the studio, the VFX studio behind this, um, who gave Richard Stanley Mm -hmm. access to all sorts of digital tools that he's never been able to use before. Um,
1: But it... You can watch
0: Mandy once and it makes sense. You can kind of do that with this, but it helps if you watch it more than once. But I think that's also partly because it's that's an HP Lovecraft thing. You mean those themes are like an HP Lovecraft kinda. thing? <laughs> yeah, and so, like, understanding those themes in comparison to understanding the pretty straightforward themes in Mandy, like... A lot of this like this stuff is drawn straight okay. out of H.P. Lovecraft and the next movie that Richard Stanley is going to do is another H.P. Lovecraft thing. Mm-hmm. It takes more than one viewing to really start wrapping your head around some of this stuff but it's still a great fucking movie. It's just different. It's a different kind See,
2: of thing. I tend to disagree with you a little bit though because I think the idea of alien invasion and taking over your brain and your body are all like very accessible points that people understand but that's if you that's if
0: you're not assuming and, that mean right, that that's if you go with the this is an alien route which i think is widely accepted that that's what this is this is an alien route um
2: well yeah i mean that's the way that that's what that's the way they describe the movie i mean even in the right yeah. for shutter right it's about a, a man who uh, protects his family from an alien yeah. whereas invasion. if you look at the, if
0: you go the other direction and say i'm going to lean more towards the occult because it's h.p lovecraft and this child summons this fucking thing out of the necronomicon like that's a little bit weirder to try to wrap your head around
2: mandy they summon those bikers That's with true. a horn <laughs> and they
0: there's and maybe no cult are in this.
2: supernatural maybe not there's no yeah. way
0: there's, there's no cult in this like there is a <laughs> mandy like mandy again it's a it's a very declared cult i'm no like people have a good frame of reference for cults
1: yes
2: well people have a good frame of reference for time travel yeah. and aliens but- but I do agree with you. I'd like the stylization, like the color palette, and I, I, I think that. Did both either of those one of you absolutely. ever watch
0: Annihilation? Yes. Yes. This movie makes way more sense than that one. Yes. And they touch on a lot of the same things.
2: They do. You're
0: right. They're actually frequently compared to each other.
2: I can see that, and yeah.
0: So, um, I'm I'm on record for not enjoying Mandy as much as you guys did. Yeah, because you're wrong. But, yeah,
2: um, literally could not be more wrong. I, uh, <laughs> I
0: about anything. Jesus Christ. All
2: right. <laughs> like we considered throwing you off the podcast.
0: <laughs> I um I I found this to be uh significantly better in pretty much every aspect. Uh I thought Cage was was aside from a couple of scenes in Mandy, um, I thought overall he he had a better performance in this. I feel like uh, the it was a lot more. Uh, so Sam, you were talking about kind of how like Mandy was more straightforward. I would I would say that it's the exact opposite. Mandy is like a fucking fever dream, whereas yeah. this movie is like uh, it's. I I don't think, I don't know how you can't take away. <laughs> like yes, I understand your perspective. It's the beautiful thing about Nicolas Cage. Well, you 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 know, I understand your perspective of saying, well, maybe this was actually summoned from the Necronomicon and blah blah blah. I get that, and you can save that for your little conspiracy corner. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's pretty straightforward. This is meant to be like an alien, an an alien film. And I think when you um, look at its inspirations and the culmination of everything that it sets out to be. especially when I pause and think about the fact that this movie genuinely creeped me out in parts um, because of the body horror, because of the, um, I just, the way that some of these things were delivered. Um, Mm -hmm. I just thought this was a better film, but I think they're two entirely different films. I think one, I think Mandy, Though it seems to be genuinely embraced by the horror community is a dark fantasy story. I mm, don't think that this yeah. is I think this is more of an alien body horror movie um i think yeah, this mm-hmm. is more traditionally horror whereas Mandy is just was is is straight up dark fantasy. I'd expect to see mandy in an in an issue of heavy metal uh you know like it like I'd expect yeah. to see Mandy in something that was like animated in the eighties. Um, and I think that was part of the reason that Mm -hmm. Mandy spoke to so many people and why I think it will have a little bit more of a, uh, I think Mandy will stand the test of time. I'm on the record for disliking Mandy more than this movie, but I think Mandy is, will stand the test of time better than this one will, um, simply because.
2: More people will talk about this movie later than they will, or than Mandy, sorry, um, than they will.
0: Simply because of the fact that it's just one of those films that, like, uh, Mm. I think Mandy touches on things that are a little bit more timeless, whereas this touches on Mm -hmm. things that are um, maybe not quite as much. So, Um, only because I feel like H.P. Lovecraft is kind of getting his time in the sun right now. You know, we've had right. we've got this Lovecraft Country is out right now, getting really solid press. Uh, there's mm-hmm. been a few other adaptations that have come out in the last five or six years. Richard Stanley's working on uh his next one, which is the Dunwich Horrors, uh, where That's our right. surveyor friend is actually going to uh continue through his story. Um mm-hmm.
2: As I read it, they're sort of trying to create a whole universe, yeah. right, with these so movies. I, I think they're supposed to, they're supposed to be I'm, three yeah, of them
0: I'm just total. to total. The third one, the third one, at least from the the stuff that I've read, is supposed to be an original work. It's not supposed to necessarily be uh, based okay.
2: on based on a, on a story Lovecraft or a thing. thing story. But isn't
0: the Chars, Isn't that actually a short story? I thought. I, like, yeah, the is an actual yeah. short story from the third one. Uh, Lovecraft, right? Uh, but the third. So he's
2: saying the third the third movie is original. Okay. Okay. Um I don't I don't know. I feel like
0: I don't I honestly don't know how many people saw Mandy. And it's one of those movies... I think that... it's more than you're willing to give it credit for. I know people that are outside of the, the normal horror realm that have seen Mandy. Okay. But it's it's, it's one of those... I think it might be too yeah. early to say that, you know, Mandy's going to have a better legacy than this one will if this turns out to be... You know, if if H- if H.P. Lovecraft becomes the next Stephen King as far as, like everybody making his stuff into movies and shows this movie mm. might be one of the like kickoff points of
2: maybe but mandy was also an original idea and this is based off of a story i think that there's actually something that needs to be said about that
0: and i would agree with you um i will say i think i think in In regards to your comparison between Lovecraft and King, I think King is like the the rock star of the horror world whereas as Lovecraft is more um he's for that group of people uh that that the horror snobs you know he's the one that like you they're like yeah. me they're pushing in their glasses up on their the the brim of their nose and me like, oh you know. Um, I'm not even really a big Lovecraft fan, but like the people that love Lovecraft don't just love him. They eat, they live, fucking breathe, eat, sleep Lovecraft. Pretty much everyone that loves Stephen King will (laughs) readily admit that the guy can't write an ending. Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody would ever yes. say a bad, yeah. His own. Yeah, nobody would ever say a bad that. thing about H.P. Lovecraft for those that love H.P. Lovecraft, except for the fact that that Lovecraft Country is just basically coming out and saying that he was a racist piece of shit, which he was.
2: I have recently actually just yeah. Read an he, he was about a gigantic
0: that. fucking racist. That's uh, well, nothing he, new, yeah. though. Everybody, I thought I, saw, I thought everybody uh, knew that. No. I don't think it was quite. I as saw well a very
2: known. clever comment. No, that said the. Uh, the last character standing was a black man. Left hated that. <laughs> I was like,
0: damn. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's though. true. I, uh, I really enjoyed the hell out of this movie. Um, and i was actually those... surprised at how much you liked it like, I, you talked to me immediately about it. Yeah. Well, it was just, it, I think it was really just because it's been a long time since I've seen effective body horror and, yeah, and, gave you the um, and I'm. I think that's part of the reason that I'm looking forward to possess her so much is because I'm waiting for more effective body horror um so body horror is what does it for you well it's not obviously we know this fan man like like, like, why do you think i love the fly so no i know i know you're a Cronenberg (laughs) fan but i like it that's why it's interesting to me because you know we we've always talked about practical effects whenever we come across them and you know everybody knows your obsession with cronenberg and body horror but i wouldn't expect it to be something that makes you uncomfortable oh yeah it makes me very uncomfortable when something Mm. genuinely when a horror film makes me uncomfortable, it stands out in my head a lot more. And it's been a long time since I've seen that fusion of mother and son. Like, that That was, like, it's etched into my brain, man.
2: Like, Jack <laughs> Risa will forever ha- haunt That's some fucking, your dreams. like, borderline,
0: like... <laughs> oedipus on steroid shit Not like, like... <laughs> <laughs> and just imagine if it was a tom six movie and he did yeah something. man Monster.
2: i was gonna say a good thing he didn't fuck it
0: <laughs> all right what are we rating this out of can it be anything other than jack risa monsters
2: i was gonna say i think it has to be jack risa monsters
0: okay how many that are,
2: or, or how many how many heads does the alpaca
0: no, that's have? Is the one. only <laughs> other. How many, how many heads does the alpaca have? Uh, yeah. How many? So, how many heads does it have? What are you guys? What are you guys saying for this? Uh, four and a half.
1: Four oh, and a half. Four and a half. All right. Yeah.
0: Four and a half for me. Uh, okay. It would be a four seven five, but I can't get over the fact. So I asked you this question before you'd watched it a second time. Did you yeah. catch what I was talking about mm. though, with uh, Nicolas Cage's speech patterns sounding a lot like yes. Donald Trump?
2: Yes, when he was getting yeah. really angry and yelling. I think it was when he was yelling at his um, I did. At I, his see, I saw what you were talking about, oh, but it didn't bother it me. me. Off,
0: it throws me off just enough that I have to ding it a tiny bit.
2: To deduct a whole whole quarter, uh, quarter point.
0: Yeah, it, did, it didn't bother me. I saw what you were talking about, but it didn't bother me. Okay. If anything, I liked, I liked it more.
2: I, think, <laughs> I feel like we have lots of very strange accents oh, in this movie, which I which I appreciated. Like where the fuck are you know. supposed to be from again? Great. Four, and four and a <laughs> half heads on
0: the up a monster. Alex, what are you giving this?
2: Okay. I'm going to give it a 4.25. It definitely left me with the heebie-jeebies and I will
0: absolutely uh, so watch I'm, it again. I'm so glad but that I'm, you guys watched this movie. I'm genuinely surprised. I'm, I feel like I've been praising this film more than you guys have and I'm probably, I am giving it the lowest score. I, I three, eight, <laughs> this is one of those weird ones yeah, that, that i can't really i can't just put on like a 0.25 scale like normally that's what i stick to yeah uh,
2: you said a 4.8 no, a,
0: a 3.8 i'm sorry um
2: <laughs> oh, I a and,
0: the, and i have i have a good defense <laughs> for that um
1: okay.
0: 3.75 i feel like is the bare minimum that I will go to for a movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. And I thoroughly enjoyed this film. But the element of body horror elevates it just beyond that. And because I enjoyed it so much, I can't just give it a 375 and leave it at that. Uh it has that extra element, it has that extra mm. oomph. But it's not enough to it's but yeah, not it's not it enough to push it up to a four. Um and that's the only reason I can say that it's a three eight, and I won't do that very often. Um, but I think it fits. Mm. I think it fits very well for this movie. Um, it's one of those things that, like, it has a lot of flaws. It's very rough around the edges. But damn, if it's not an enjoyable experience from start to finish. <laughs> uh, Sam, sorry, why did uh, you give it half. a four point? Yeah. So we got a 4.1833333333333. Right. Yeah, that's it right cool. there. That's a.
2: That sounds. I think that's a yeah. that's a very respectable score. It didn't when I when I walked away from Mandy, I feel like I was in like awe about how like that mm-hmm. movie sat with me. It still does. So I think that
0: might. Day. I think but, that like that this might movie. I, de- Sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Sorry. Finish.
2: I was just going to say, I, so I feel like that maybe. I, I know we compare the two. This movie didn't leave me feeling like that, but it definitely gave me the heebie jeebies. And it had the cage rage. I think the acting was really good. I, think I thought
0: Lavinia was great. Um, I think the best way to describe this yeah. is to me, Mandy felt like something that was directed by somebody who only has made music videos. And, seen?
2: Yes. <laughs> well, and the, and the music and that was amazing. The right, score was right, right, right. so and brilliant. I, and
0: I acknowledged. Its strengths. I mean, we both love the soundtrack. I think we can all agree that that the soundtrack is something genuinely special. But this felt like a yeah. cohesive piece R. R. of filmmaking. Uh, mm. To me, at least. Um,
2: yeah. I would agree. I think that this was cohesive.
0: But I yeah, thought maybe yeah, yeah, it was also. Um, anyways. So I, think, I think my score differs the most. And this will tie back to what we were talking about. Uh, earlier today with I got to see this in theaters. And I think yeah. that makes a big difference because I still remember seeing the Jack Reese monster on a giant screen. I still remember. That's true.
2: And we did all go see Mandy I, in the theater. I we still did remember
0: just like the overwhelming <laughs> just like mind fuck that all of these colors like bright ass colors in a dark theater like come out of nowhere just like completely fuck with your senses because a lot of the scenes are really dark until the color happens and everybody who's been in a movie theater that's ever seen something bright happen on a dark screen and just how it kind of messes with your head for a minute like that happening over and over again in this movie like stuck with me Hmm. um
2: You didn't get to see a 10-foot Jack Risa, so. (laughs)
0: So I I think some of that stuff has kind of, you know, stuck around enough where I can't really separate my score for the movie now from what it was when I saw it in theaters. Gotcha. That's fair. All right. Well, on that note. All right. Wrapping up this week's episode. Just a quick reminder. We do have the contest out. All you have to do is just, if you're in the Richmond area, we asked that at the at the bare minimum that that you are a Virginia resident. I, I forgot to stipulate that at the beginning of the cast, um, but tweet yeah. at us, shoot us a message on Instagram, shoot us a message on Facebook, email us to cast to terror and Podnito. Uh, let us know your favorite kill from Friday the Thirteenth. You're entered to to the raffle for a pair of tickets. We got three in total to give away. Um, it was two. We're, we're ramping it up to three. Um, so, so get in there, join in, just let us know what your favorite Friday 13th kill is. It's going to be a great time, a great way to get out there and, uh, hopefully purge some of those, those feelings of depression, those feelings of, uh, I don't know, being locked up. All right, Palmer, I'll be there. It's okay. (laughs) I'm just saying, I don't (laughs) want you to just like go off and kill us all, please. (laughs) Um... Keep in mind, everything else that we talked about, we've got a whole, or we're just ramping up for October. Here it is. This is it. From 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 now on, we're just, we're, we're gripping to our, our pantaloons and holding on tight and just, we're not stopping until October's over. We hope that you all enjoy it. Um, keep in mind also, October 3rd, our first live stream, tune in, Taren Podnito at, on Twitch. All you have to do is just get on Twitch, search Taren Podnito, starts at 8.30 on October 3rd. We will be there playing Don't Get Stabbed, answering questions, having fun. In the meantime, you can follow us everywhere at Terror and Podnito, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Okay, I acknowledge it's not everywhere. We don't have a TikTok. We will never have a TikTok. (laughs) I'm throwing that out there right now. Didn't Uh, it just get bought, though? It did. We will still never have a TikTok. Uh, you can email <laughs> us to cast at Follow us individually on Palmer at Sturmsworth
2: I'm Alex at A-Looters
0: I'm Sam at Sam Heaves uh, It's been fun guys It's another long form episode for you We'll be back in two more weeks Keep in mind the, the live stream we're, 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 we're giving you these little grains In between the weeks now We got you, we got you We'll keep it up uh, from here on out and, and give you something exciting to look forward to Hopefully As much as we can. We'll try to make it weekly, but there's no guarantees. We got lives. Um, In the meantime, everybody, as always, keep it creepy. Take care. We'll catch you in a couple weeks.